Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM, Fight Night with Gareth A. Davis on Talk Sport. Hello, I'm Gareth A. Davis, and this is Fight Night on Talk Sport, your home for live boxing. Tonight with me, I've got Hall of Fame boxing scribe Colin Hart. I've got to call him Lord Hart of Upton Park as well, and the former middleweight champion of the world, Darren Barker. Tonight we're talking heavyweights, the dominance of British heavyweights on the world scene, and right now, the wilder goose chase. That's the Deontay wilder goose chase, of course. This is a golden age for British boxing, and we dominate, as I say, the heavyweight and super middleweight divisions. Plus tonight, we'll talk the return of the notorious one in the UFC, Conor McGregor. Well, good evening, gentlemen. It's lovely to have you both here, Lord Hart of West Ham, rather than up, rather than uh, Lord Hart of Harrow, as I always call you. Absolutely, get your geography right, Mister uh, Gareth. Or was it Lord Hart of the Olympic Park then? <laughs> if you like, <laughs> um, Darren, a very warm welcome to you Hello, back mate. to the studio. You all right? Very good. Listen, it's a massive, massive, massive time for the massive men. It's a big time for heavyweight boxing right now. And, and we're going to start the first segment tonight. We're going to talk a lot about heavyweights tonight, but we're going to start the first segment tonight um, and talk about Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. As I said, there's a kind of wilder goose chase going on at the moment. Uh We know that Eddie Hearn is looking to get Anthony Joshua at Wembley Stadium in the middle of April against Deontay Wilder for a very big showdown. But, spanner in the works, opportunism, call it what you like. Tyson Fury now looks like he could be in the frame in November, they're saying. Frank Warren, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, Shelley Finkel. He could potentially... Go to Vegas, the Gypsy King, and fight Deontay Wilder in November. What do you think of that prospect, first of all, gents? Well, you cannot turn down the opportunity to fight for the heavyweight championship of the world, particularly somebody like Fury, who has been heavyweight champion of the world. (coughs) The problem is he won't be ready in November or December, in my opinion. He's been away two and a half years. He's had one so-called comeback fight, which wasn't a fight at all. It was a joke. So he's going to go into Wilder. He's going to fight on the 18th, isn't he? In uh, In Belfast, yeah. Against Pianetta. Who's a journeyman. Who's a journeyman. Francisco Pianetta, yeah. I'll tell you what, you can prove anything with statistics. Muhammad Ali was away from the ring for three and a half years. 17 times, wasn't it? 
Well, I was going to get, I was going to be accurate. Sixteen All fights right. before he... it was the seventeenth fight that he fought. In That's right, Foreman to win the world title. And it, and it was four years after his comeback. Mm. George Foreman came back after ten years, and he won back the title in his I think thirty fifth fight after seven years. So, you know, Fury is going mm. to try and do the impossible. Oh, I think you would agree, Darren. You can't refuse a chance. No, to absolutely not. You can't. I mean, if that opportunity knocks presents itself to you. You take it one hundred percent. It. There was no doubt that the opportunity was going to come. Yeah. Because he's good enough. He he is or is renowned or known as being the lineal heavyweight champion in the world. You know, he didn't lose it in the ring. Um, but this has come. A lot sooner than we all expected. I mean, it's brilliant. It's fantastic. It's great to see him back in the mix. Um, and being talking about that fight, I think it's one he can win. I think they look at it as a as a no lose situation, in my opinion. Um, so look, he loses. He loses to Wilder in Vegas, and he's still got big fights. Yeah, there. I mean, look, that, don't get me wrong. It all depends on the manner of defeat. You get flattened in the round. It's a bit different. But no. I just think Tyson Fury has this style where he can unsettle the best of boxers. We've seen it with Vladimir Klitschko. Text, textbook, you know, he's sound, technically sound. Wilder isn't. He's, he's, he's like, he's, not, he's wild. You know, and I think Fury has the ability to unsettle him. Yeah, but will he be in condition? Mm, now, but, yeah. you know, he took six, seven stone off to get back into the <laughs> ring. But you saw him. He may have been 21 stone, but he wasn't in condition. No, as I said, it was like a... I don't mean to be rude to Tyson about this. It was like the air had been let out of a paddling pool, this body. Well, it wasn't conditioned, was I it, described you know? him as a waterbed on legs. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you listen. Uh, Tyson, I hope you're coming on tonight. And if you heard that, please don't take umbrage. <laughs> Come on and let's talk about waterbeds on legs. Um, but no, but the, the, like you say, I mean, my feeling was... And he responded to it on Twitter the other day. My feeling was... Um, even December was too soon and I thought two or three more fights mm, yeah. because I believe in this guy's ability I but I think he's the best boxer in the heavyweight division bar none absolutely yeah. I agree with you yeah I mean well you, you go back to that fight with, with Vladimir Klitschko you know a guy that reigned over a decade you know Olympic gold medalist he schooled Te him didn't he technically sound doesn't do anything wrong and and he and he schooled him. You he's know. a very natural boxer. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. just natural, isn't he? I've said it and I've written it. If and it's a big if, if Tyson Fury can get back to what he was the night he beat Klitschko, he'll beat Wilder and Joshua. Do you agree with opinion. that, Darren? I think he's he's got a very good chance because of his natural ability, no doubt. I remember being in the training camp. You was there actually, Gareth. Do you remember uh, before? Cole Frotch fought Pascal. We went to... It uh, was in Ireland. Oh, yeah. That was remember? a great yeah, trip. We went yeah. on the boats. There, we there sang was a on brilliant, the bus. I'll we... just quickly paint a picture. that We was on a minibus <laughs> going for a meal in a great castle. And uh, Gareth got out a guitar and started serenading the whole coach. <laughs> with uh, Johnny we Cash. With, with Johnny, Johnny Cash. Cash. We had yeah. Bob Marley. We had U2. We had the Pretenders. We yeah. did it all. We went, yeah. yeah, it was brilliant. But, well, I'm glad I wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've still got sore ears. But uh, honestly, it was... Uh, I remember watching Tyson... Before, before he turned pro, you remember watching him spar with... Mm. Um, I forget what it was now. 
uh, a, a Cuban uh, heavyweight top fighter, and uh, you could see then that he was just so naturally talented. And I think I have to agree, Colin. You know, if he can get back to full fitness, it's a big if. Though. It's a, it's, that, that's the problem. It's a big if. He can. He had. He definitely has the style and the ability to be able to win. It's just can he get back? And one of the things is is you know you hear it with football and other sportsmen all the time. It's being match fit. And, exactly. and having that long out of the ring, can he ever be fully match fit again? Well, you know, getting your time and your distance. That's why I think November, December is far too soon. I said when he came back, it would take him at least 18 months mm. to get in the kind of condition mm. to fight for a heavyweight championship mm. against, I mean, look, Wilder and Joshua, whatever you may say about them, they're athletes. Absolutely. I'll say one thing on this. I, I, there was 14 months I was out of the ring and... Um, you can do all the sparring in the world. You've got your head guard on. You've got 16 ounce, gla- uh, 16 ounce gloves on. Uh, and I come back and I thought, Kerry Hope, I'd had my hip operation, etc. And I was out the ring 14 months. And one thing I noticed, okay, my timing was out a little bit. My distance was out a little bit. But feeling those shots, the 10 ounce gloves on the top of your head, on your chin, etc. They hurt. Honestly, yeah. when you've been out the ring that long and, you know, for Fury to be, have been out the ring, has well, he's been back in the ring, but, you know, at that top level, to be sparring, uh, to compete with someone who hits as hard as Duant or Wilder is, is a concern for me. So it's one of the things, Colin, both of you, um, one of the things that concerns me as well is, and, and I don't know whether it's just my impression, but there's so much social media put out by him and Ben at the moment, his trainer Ben Davison, about how good he looks physically. I know he's happy mentally now, and when Tyson's singing and all those kind of things, he's, he's, he's just great fun. I mean, I've run on the beach with him in Marbella when he's, you know, been a hundred pounds heavier. No, it's fine. He was a hundred pounds heavier. He was about three hundred. <laughs> he was about three hundred and thirty pounds, so I could keep up with him. But the the the, the thing is, um, I wonder whether there's a bit in a bit of an obsession about trying to look right. Right. Like you say rather than mm. how much sparring is he actually doing? How much hard well, sparring is he actually doing? You know, the you word know? I use is cosmetic. You see, I may go back to when I leave Fort Holmes. Now, if you would have seen him in the gym, he looked a million dollars. He looked... 79? 1979? 81, wasn't 80, it? 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80. 80. Yeah. But he looked great, physically. He pulled the wool over your eyes, didn't he? He Absolutely. pulled the wool over your eyes. Well, Angelo Dundee did, to be honest. He conned <laughs> me that that weekend. But that's another story. But the, about, about Ali's condition. Mm. Uh, you know, you always hear it. The best condition of my life, they always mm. say that. Mm. Well, I would like to ask you, though, and when you were out that 14 months, how much above your fighting weight were you when you went back into the yeah. into the gym? No, nowhere near. As, as, no, no, I don't yeah. think nowhere near. But for me, I, I'd put on a fair bit. So obviously, middleweight's eleven was stones. It, was 11 it stone difficult six. to get off? It was. It was. I mean, the first stone flew off me, and the the, the next stone and half. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's a different kettle of fish. This is but, the point I'm know, trying to make. Yeah, uh, exactly. And for me, it become. Uh, I, I would say the bigger percentage of the build up to that fight was losing the weight. You know, you you're not really paying attention to your opponent, etc. You know, I, I was just concerned about making that eleven stone. Yep. Six limit. Well, of course, Fury doesn't have to worry about making weight. <laughs> yeah, right, which is a, which is a big, yeah. you know, um, plus. It is, of course. You know, with the heavyweights, they are fortunate enough to yeah. be yeah. able to have the odd cake here and there, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, but you did not carry hope out in that fight. Yeah, I did. I did. It you know. Was, yeah. So, was... so you know, it's a, like I said, you you felt differently coming back. 
but you were really happy to be back and well, you uh, did the job and you won the world title it, within it, a year. Yes, well, thank you, you know for I mean? bringing that up, mate. <laughs> so, so, you know, you're, you're, you're playing it down. Well, what, what it is, I think we're, the same with me and, and I've seen the same thing with, with Tyson is though I was out the ring for 14 months and he's been out, well, was out the ring previously for so long, we, we've both come back to doing what we love doing yep. and you can see that with Tyson he's a fighting man he's a boxing man and he's just enjoying yeah, but, but, what he does but he wasn't living the life of a fighter yeah, no. in those two mm. and a half years mm. that is the problem yeah you're listening to Fight Club or Fight Night on Talk Sport with me Gareth Davis Colin Hart and Darren Barker with me in the studio we'll be back with more Tyson Fury next You're listening to Fight Night on TalkSport. I'm Gareth Davis, Colin Hart and Darren Barker in the studio with me. We're also keeping an eye on what's going on in Cardiff as Joe Cordina fights later on this evening. We've already seen that Natasha Jonas has lost tonight, gents, to Vivian Obenhauf. Shame, really, mm. because they were building, or Hearn was building, Eddie Hearn was building uh, Natasha Jonas potentially to have a fight with Katie Taylor down the line. Mm, it look, yeah, it looked that way, didn't it, the return? Obviously, Taylor beat Jonas, but yeah, it's a shame. Uh, it's a lovely girl, Natasha Jonas. It's, uh, it's always horrible when you see someone you sort of know lose. So. Yeah, that's why I mustn't get too close to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Joe Cordina um, stepping up in class against uh, Sean Masher Dodd tonight. Um, a good fight for him, this gents. Um, we'll keep yep. abreast of that later. It's a really good step up fight for this. I like the way Cordina goes about his work. You know, he's he's very very talented. Let me tell you, I've seen him in the gym. Obviously, we've seen what he does on the, uh, on the night. But I've been to Tony's gym, Tony Sims's gym, over in Brentwood, and uh, Joe Cordina is exceptionally talented. He's he really is the real deal. Variation that doesn't really do anything wrong. So I'm I'm. I'm really keen to, to watch him this evening. So we're talking heavyweights uh, for the majority of the show tonight. and we're, we're, Tyson Fury, we're, we're on at the top of the show. Um, we're talking about how Tyson Fury... F- for me, there's two, there's two strands with Tyson Fury. Um, and we see it with a lot of guys who come back. We mentioned you coming back, Darren, 14 yep. months away. You came within two fights. You'd won the world title on that brilliant night in Atlantic City against the Australian Daniel Gill. And, and it was a very special night, one mm. we'll never forget. Um, it, it will live long in in British boxing nice history. No, it was a, it was an amazing night because of the background mm. to that and the things you felt at the time. And you know, it, it was an extraordinary night. You getting up off the canvas to win that fight. Um, probably don't want to be reminded you got up off the canvas <laughs> to win that night, but you, you did. don't mind being reminded that you got up. Yeah. If you don't get up, if you, you don't, don't get up. Yeah. Yeah. But but the desire, two strands. There's huge money fights out there for Tyson Fury life-changing for generations mm. of his family. Huge money fight with, with Anthony Joshua for a start. That's a given. Probably the most lucrative, potentially, fight in British boxing history. Um, I think it could generally gross over £100 million, I would say. It's massive, isn't it, if they build it right? You know? um, Where, yeah. is, or, or is he coming back you know, for that? Or is he coming back because he really wants to regain the lineal championship of well, the world? Well, a bit of both, I should think. He's not going to come back from, you know, for peanuts, is he? When, as you say, he's got the potential to be one of the richest fighters of all time. Mm. What we've got to remember about Tyson, he's only 29. Mm. And even if he does go uh, and gets beaten by Wilder in November, December, that doesn't mean 
that he hasn't got a huge fight with Joshua next year. Because mm. that would sell whatever happens in America. His excuse, of course, could be, well, I took it too soon. So, you know, at 29, he's got years ahead of him if he wants to stay focused on boxing. And that is the problem with Tyson. Does he need? Does he want to be focused on nothing else but boxing? Because to get to the top and stay there, you've got to be 100% focused. Otherwise, you ain't going to do it. Uh, uh, yeah, I agree. I think it's a bit of both. Obviously, um, we've seen he can be a little bit materialistic, can Tyson. He likes his cars, etc. But I think it, it, the main reason is, you know, he wants to prove that he's number one again. Um, yeah, like... For me, if he does lose and it's not too damaging, we'll see him. It'll, it'll bang out Wembley Stadium. I've absolutely no doubt. It's, you know, Tyson Fury, with the right opponent, bangs out any stadium, yeah. I, I, in my opinion, because the way you know he builds up to a fight, the press conferences are great. You know, yeah. He's such a character. What do we need to see in this Francisco Pianetta bout then? I mean, it, it, was, it was a farcical comeback for me. I was Rounds. There. Right, rounds. Okay. He needs rounds. You know, if you're looking at uh, Deontay Wilder next time out, he needs rounds. And the and it, you know, I go back to this match, mm. ma- ma- being match fit. It's not necessarily to see and gauge if he can do twelve rounds. For me, it's more about distance and timing and getting used to taking a few shots. I don't think um, a one round blowout is going to do him any favors. I don't think Pianetta's going to be blown over in a round. I think it's pretty durable. I don't think he's. Uh, any great shakes. Mm. I don't think you know he's going to beat uh, Fury or has a chance of beating him. But he could stay there for the ten rounds, as, as Darren said. That's exactly what Tyson Fury needs. I mean, that last fight against uh, what was his name, Sefer Seferi. I mean, the Barbarian. No, I called, you'd have him, Colin. No, I called him the boxing Borat. He was a boxing Borat <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because you know. He was the second best cruiserweight in Albania. Can you believe it? He wasn't even the first. His brother was the, the leading cruiserweight. Yeah, um, Gareth, he needs what he needs is exactly if he could uh, if he could forecast and, and get what he wants from this fight. It would be ten rounds at a pace. Yeah. If he can get ten rounds at a pace, which I don't think he will be able to, then that's brilliant. Job done. Box ticked. Yeah. Move on to the fight. You know that that would be ideal for him. All right. Looking at it from the other perspective, then. Um, is a, is a chess match going on here between the promoters of Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury? Do we really believe that fight's going to take place? Because my understanding is that, obviously, Deontay Wilder, I understand, is going to work the commentary team uh, for BT Sport in, in Belfast on August the 18th. That's a good sign. But I also hear from another source that when Deontay Wilder fights next in the United States, that a certain Anthony Joshua is going to be ringside and step into the ring. So are we really on a genuine Wilder goose chase? Well, uh, <laughs> why wouldn't Joshua go over to see Wilder fight in America? Their fight is allegedly going to be in April. So why not go? So, so the w- oh, could we potentially see then the winner of the November bout fight Joshua at Wembley Stadium in April. Is that what's building well, here? Well, if Fury... Yes, now we've got another problem. Uh, yeah. Fury is tied up with BT, 
AJ is tied up with Sky. Oh, can they get that fight together? Well, it's big enough, isn't it? For it was like, well, uh, Mayweather, Pacquiao, yeah. you know, yeah. Showtime, yeah. HBO. That yeah. took six years. And, and Mike yeah, Tyson, yeah, Mike Tyson yeah. and Lennox Lewis, that's the other occasion it's yeah. happened as well. Yeah, but it took years for six years for Mayweather and Pacquiao to get it on. I mm. mean, it's not as easy as it sounds because you're going to have these two promoters and these two TV companies Banging heads. Well, well, what least, a travesty least, it would be least, if it didn't happen. Though. Yeah, well, but at least Fury would have six years to lose the weight. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny, you know, when you mention his age, 29. You know, it, it's the same with all of these guys at the moment. You know, White's probably the oldest in terms of these guys. 31 years old. Derek De- De- Chisora actually is 34. Joshua's in his late 20s. 28. Uh, Be- Bellew's in his early 30s. You know, these guys are all still almost prime heavyweights at that age, no, aren't they? They don't start maturing, do they, till they get to nearly 30? Huey Fury's at, what is he, 23, 24? 23. You know, so it's, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, coming on to that, you know, that we're going to talk about this more as, as the show goes on, but um, it's extraordinary at the moment that we have six of the top 10 heavyweights in the Great. world. Now, you know, we've been around 40-odd years, Darren. You've been around double that, Colin. <laughs> and you've been covering boxing yeah. for five decades, five and a half decades. Yeah. Oh, 36, by the way. Sorry, 36. <laughs> You're in your fourth decade then. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I do apologise. Sportsmen are so sniffy about yeah. ages. Um, yeah. Complex. <laughs> um, can you ever remember a time when there were, in your, in your coverage of the sport, when there were a group of heavyweights that, that merited being that many as a group in the top ten in the heavyweight division? Not at all. When I started, there was Henry Cooper, Brian London, Joe Erskine, Billy Walker, Dick Richardson, and that was it. And they all fought each other. But they were European-level yeah, British. We're talking yeah. Britain, aren't we? Yeah. Now, now we've got at least seven and two young kids coming on, both unbeaten, with tremendous potential, Nat Gorman and Daniel Dubois. And then we've got, obviously, Josh White. Well, I'll, go, I'll go through them. I'll go through yeah. them. Anthony Joshua's number one in the world, ranked yeah. at the moment. Obviously, Wilder is two. But then we've got, where do we put Fury? Tyson Fury, I don't know at the moment. Well, he's White, unranked at the moment. He is unranked, but we've got Anthony Joshua. I'm going to rank him second of the Brits, Tyson Fury, Dillian White, Derek Chisora, Huey Fury, and Tony Bellew. Now, if you look at boxing news rankings, um, six of those guys in the top ten. Six of those guys. Yeah. I mean, it's an extraordinary... It's never happened in my lifetime. No. So, so we've never had... I know you'll say, with the rose-tinted spectacles looking back, that, you know, that there's, there's a different type of um, dilution about the divisions now and champions aren't as strong as they once were and there was once one champion that period you're talking about there was one champion so it's not like we were looking at four champions that's right uh, you know across yeah. four <clears throat> main sanctioning bodies that's why we didn't have a heavyweight champion in the world but is it fair to exactly but is it fair to say that we are in a golden age as a result absolutely we're in a golden age of boxing as far as this country is concerned not just the heavyweights, right across the board, we have some of the most talented fighters in this country Definitely. I have ever seen. Yeah, one hundred percent. And you know, put put the top, you know, the governing bodies aside, there's still seven, six, seven in the top ten, regardless. So 
you know, forget about the belts for a minute. They're still dominating in that that top ten. So it, I mean, it's fantastic. And you know, we we were just saying it in the uh, back in the in the room there. You know, off the air. green room, the green room. There you go. Uh, though this room is very green. It is there. very green um, indeed. It's great that we're talking about the heavyweight division. You know, the marquee division in in professional boxing is it's great because you know it's gone under the shadow. You know, we've it's flown under the radar for for years now, and now all of a sudden we're talking about the heavyweight division. And not just are we talking about it, we're we're dominating it. You know, at one time in America, British heavyweights were a joke. They were known as the... They only had one position, British heavyweights, and that was usually horizontal. (laughs) And, you know, they used to be laughed at in America. Now we are... We have far more heavyweight prospects in this country than the Americans can dream of at the moment. Yes, right. Well, well, there is that saying, um, you know, as as, as go the heavyweights, so goes boxing. And I think... While the heavyweight division, you know, there is that axiom in boxing that, um, and while that is strong, everything else is powerful in the slipstream of it as well, isn't it? And I do think a lot of it goes back to, if you trace it back, it's that victory for Tyson Fury. I mean, he needs such great credit. We must never forget it. He scattered those belts to the wind by beating Vladimir Klitschko on that brilliant night in Dusseldorf in November uh, 2015. It's incredible to say 2015. Joshua's picked up, Anthony Joshua's picked up those three belts. And as a result of those two men and their endeavours, boxing really is booming. Well, just think about it. Joshua's next fight is against a 38-year-old Russian, Povetkin, who, let's be honest, the great British public, I'm not talking about boxing fans, had never heard of him. And yet 90,000 people will be at Wembley to see Joshua defend against Povetkin. So I think that sums it all up in one go. Talk, talking about that fight, that, that, this isn't a formality. It's not. It really not for isn't. four rounds. But I just, do you know what? Uh, I'm, by far am I saying um, Povetkin wins this fight? I'm not, but... He's a, he's a very, very good fighter, as is Povetkin. And if you're listening to this and you're not too sure or you've never really heard of him, I, I remember this guy from the amateurs, and trust me, he's he's the real deal. 38 now, you know, he's had some... Uh, he's only lost to Klitschko, Darren. He Klitschko, was an Olympic yep. gold medalist in Athens. World yes, champion. he's had a slow world amateur champion as well, which is a massive achievement. You know, he is a very, very adept fighter. He was yep. very poor the night against Klitschko. Very, very poor. <laughs> but, you know, he's he's had a bit of a meandering career, but he's very dangerous. I'm very sorry. Dangerous. He's For a dangerous... four or five rounds. Now, when he fought David Price, he knocked out... He, he was on the floor against Price. And when he fought him, he was blowing hard after four rounds. Well, it's because he wasn't cheating probably in that fight. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. I'd, you said it. You, well, he's a, he's a proven cheat. You, I mean, he's a, you he, can get the lawsuit, I won't. He was a proven cheat, isn't he? Uh, you know? Yes, yeah. twice. Yeah. Twice a druggie. We sat at Wembley <laughs> Stadium. <laughs> Once, twice, three times a year. Um, the, 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 we sat with him at Wembley, actually, and he, you know, he, he, he had a nanogram in his system of... Um, um, meldonium, wasn't it? Um, which was yeah. a newly banned substance. And then he had esterin in his system as well. Um, you know, he is part of that whole system that is very wishy-washy. Yeah. We don't know... So how did he on. How did he win his World Amateur Championship? Yeah, who knows? How did he win his Olympic gold medal? 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, look, I'm with, I'm with. We've had conversations with our very own Adam Cattrall about this, you know, and uh, I agree with him. You know, this is a whole new debate, another debate that we could go on yeah. forever. But yeah. you know, they should be banned straight away. I uh, agree. You know, because not only do you run faster, jump higher, you you punch harder. You know, therefore, giving yourself. Oh. I mean, look, we can go on forever. No, with we can. Regardless, regardless of what. Uh, substances he was taking and what he had in his system the talent of the man is very good but I'm with you Colin for four rounds he's a danger man yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. But, but, but but the other thing about him is we've got to break in a bit but the other thing about him is um, he's a schooled Eastern European fighter you pretty much know how he's going to fight mm. Rob McCracken uh, Joshua's head trainer is a very adept coach they'll have a game plan they'll keep him on the end of the jab for those four rounds and he'll unleash him after seven or eight and I think he stops him in the late rounds yeah yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. I'll agree with that. You're listening oh. to Fight Night on. Sorry to cut you short, Lord right. Lord Hart of West Ham. Um, you're listening to Fight Night on Talksport with Colin Hart, myself, Colin Hart, and Darren Barker. We'll be back after the break. We're talking heavyweights. We're going to talk American heavyweights next. Don't call it a comeback. Oh yeah, you listen to Fight Night on TalkSport with me, Gareth Davis, Colin Hart and the former world middleweight champion Darren Barker in the studio with me. Gents, just before the break, we were talking about Alexander Povetkin, the the opponent for Anthony Joshua at Wembley Stadium on September 22nd. Live and exclusive, of course, on TalkSport that night. The whole team will be there. We were talking, he, he's, he's tainted, gents. Darren first, um, he's tainted, he's twice tested positive for banned substances. Yep. How serious is this issue in boxing? And, you know, you've got a very hard line in your view on this, yeah. haven't you, Darren? Yeah, 100%. You know, at the end of the day, a fighter, a fellow fighter, boxer, can get killed in the ring. Legally killed. Legally you killed. You sign in a the contract ring. and you can yeah. be killed, yeah. Uh, and not only do you, you know, I, I, I fear for our sport. I really do. You know, what, what, what happens? You know, if someone does, you know, die in the ring, you know, while someone is on a banned substance. Yeah, uh, well, if they test positive afterwards and someone has died in the ring. We are looking for me at a manslaughter case. It's a, it becomes a criminal case. I don't know how you feel about that, Colin. Oh, oh, exactly the same as Darren. Yeah. You see, I mean, Darren said something very surprising, actually, to me before. We were talking about people on drugs. It's, you say it can make you punch harder. I think the problem is it makes them fight harder. Mm. And train harder. harder. Yeah. I and, think there is... Or a, everything, yeah. Can you, can you really use drugs to make you punch harder? I think it gives you more stamina. It makes you train harder. And once you're in that ring, you might even be impervious to punishment. Mm. So you keep going that much. That's, that's, another, that's another side. But if, you, if you're able to train harder, therefore you're developing more muscle strength, muscle mass, and therefore able to punch harder. So, I mean, you know, it's a combination of everything. Yeah. You know, there's no doubt. Anyway... You know, I think we're on the same, speaking from the same hymn sheet. Yeah, yeah absolutely. If Darren was in charge of world professional world boxing, the president of it now, what would you would you see that Povetkin was not in that ring on September the 22nd? Would he have been banned? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, if we go back to, you know, this is professional, professional boxing. You know, it's not, it's not amateur boxing. It's not, you know, you're not novice boxing. It's, it's not nine minutes or 12 no, minutes. Is, or, yeah. This is professional boxing. At the end of the day, you know, like going back to Canelo as well. You know, talking about this meat. If, the, if you, it, 
you've got nutritionists on board. You have a team. If there's any doubt, you know that, that you sh- you know you shouldn't be eating something. Your team should be saying, don't don't even risk it. Don't risk it. I'm not having any excuses. If you're f- if you're found with a substance, a banned substance in your system, you're gone. Now, I for 31 years, I was also the athletic correspondent of the Sun newspaper. I covered eight Olympic Games, and at one time, the sport, which still is, is absolutely rife with druggies, particularly Eastern Europeans, the East Germans, and they decided to ban people found with drugs in their system for four years. What happened? The lawyers got involved, something called restraint of trade. They reduced it to two years. We had a world champion in London last year, the American sprinter. He has been done twice for drugs, Mm, and yet he's now the world champion. It's easy to say we'll get it banned, banned them for life. The lawyers come along, restraint of trade, and out, it all goes out the window, I'm afraid. Yeah, but we have to be ethical in how we feel about it. Oh, if we, if yeah. we let it go, I mean, you the, might as well have the steroid world championships. Listen, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We have to have standards. Look at, look at what's happening next month in Las Vegas. Canelo against Golovkin. Saul Canelo Alvarez against Gennady Golovkin, Golovkin, a rematch from last September where, of course, it was a controversial draw. I'm sure you guys thought that Gennady Golovkin won. It was a closer yeah. fight than some people think. But, of course, in February, um, the, the guy that uh, Colin's talking about, Saul Canelo Alvarez, Canelo, tested positive for clenbuterol twice in February in out-of-competition testing in Mexico. Right. So what was his punishment? Six-month ban. I mean, it's just ludicrous. It's unheard of. And do you know what? It was a six-month bat so that Vegas, not about the money, about the money. Yes. So that they could have the fight in September. Exactly. It's a disgrace. The Nevada State Athletic Commission should go and look in a big mirror and bang their head against it, Frank. It's a disgrace. So they just move it to another commission. Yeah. But 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 this, this, unfortunately, in the biggest money fights, gents, um, it's going to get made somehow, isn't it? That's the thing. Big money fights. Boxing's boxing's the Wild West in many ways. It's almost ungovernable in, in other ways. It, well, it, 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 you've been around it so long, Colin. You've been through it, Darren. Yeah. You've been from the from the brilliant your brilliant amateur days all the way through to being a world champion. No day is the same in boxing. No year is the same in boxing. Mm. It's a very creative, um, rough, visceral industry. Yeah, but you know. a business. Uh, to, to show you the ridiculous side of it, just think of Mayweather McGregor. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Now, you talk to Darren and any other professional fighter. That was the biggest joke of all time. And yet, it was the biggest grossing combat sporting event of all time. Second to Mayweather, to Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao, just by... Was it, I thought he even beat that. No, anyway. it didn't in the end. It was the second was biggest. Up. Okay. They were both around, I think one was 700 million right. US dollars, and the it other was, was 650. It was <laughs> a joke fight. But it was a great event. I, I was involved from pillar to post, from beginning to end. Yeah. And it, but it was an amazing event. 
yeah. to be involved with. And you know? Golovkin and Canelo too is going to be an amazing event. Well, well, will you go back to the days when Muhammad Ali took a vow of silence when he wouldn't speak about his uh, opponent Spinks? Uh, <laughs> Canelo's taken a vow of silence for a day. I was just been with I've just been with Gennady Golovkin in Vegas uh, just over a week ago. And Canelo's taken a vow of silence because he doesn't want to talk about being tainted with the media. This fight's fight. gone right under the radar. You know, if we're going to chat about the fight, it really has gone under the radar. And it's the fight that I'm most looking forward to out there at the minute. You know, mm-hmm. I really am. Two, two great fighters. I think they, they, they are two and three for me in pound for pound uh, rankings. I, I put Lomachenko on a pedestal. I really think he's the number one. But I think two and three, they, you know, they, they're battling it out. How about Mr. Crawford? Crawford's up there, but I think he's just behind yeah. these just because of what they've achieved and who they've beaten. Okay. I, I, I put Terence Crawford after them. But yeah. for this one, this is a battle for second place for me. And um, it's the fight that I'm most looking forward to. That has gone under the radar. Right, it's, well, funny, it's funny this, though. Canelo wins, right? I, I, I've... <laughs> Say Canelo wins. Yeah. Would you, in your mind, regard him as the second best fighter in the world in view of his history? <laughs> That's a good question. I and mean, going, a, going on boxing credentials only and looking at the fight he's beaten, the man, um, I, w- I would. But then it's always going to be tainted exactly. because of what's happened. Exactly. So even though he's tainted, mm. even though he yeah. is now a drugs cheat, you still want to watch the fight, don't you? Absolutely, absolutely. So there you go. Look, I mean, I've got to switch off from, you know, he has to be clean now. He's in the ring, okay, uh, and being a boxing fan, it's the fight that excites me the you know the most. Have you it? seen the videos of him working out? He looks like a beast, right? Are, are now. we are we going to talk about this fight just quickly? Yeah, let's talk about it. We're going to break in three or four minutes. We're going to talk about American heavyweights after the next break. But let's talk great, about this fight right just because it's a fight that's sort of simmering, uh, you know, nicely. It's, a, it's, it's under part the radar. of a massive September. It, it, Amir Khan on the eighth of September in Birmingham. That's live on Talksport. Gennady Golovkin and Canelo Alvarez in Las Vegas on September the 15th. Great. Back to Wembley, Joshua Fantastic. and oh. Povetkin on TalkSport on the 21st. You've forgotten and then, Jeddah. And, no, no, Jeddah comes later in the month. We're going <laughs> to talk Jeddah cheese later. Right. We're going to talk Jeddah, we're going to talk George Groves and Callum Smith in, the, in a later segment when we talk about five of our super middleweights being in the right. top ten in the world. But let's talk about this fight for now. Uh, right, the first fight, I picked Canelo to win. I did. Right, and... Along with most people, Golovkin got robbed. It was not a draw. It was seven to mind. five, eight to four. Do we agree in I, rounds? I I think Golovkin won the fight. Mm. I'm going for Canelo again in yeah. the second fight because I honestly believe Golovkin is yeah. at a stage in his career at 35 years of age, or is he 36 now? Agreed. That he's now dipping down. The for outside. me, for me, in the first fight, I actually chose Golovkin. I thought it'd be too big, too strong. This fight, I'm going Canelo. If I had to train one of the fighters, if I was a coach for one of the fighters, I'd pick Canelo because I would just say to him, do more of what exactly. you've done. No, exactly. Do, do more of, of that flashy class. Because he did 30 about. seconds at the Didn't end of enough. most rounds. Didn't I, I was with uh, I was with a guy, I don't know if you know Don Chargin, Darren, great old know. promoter, has been involved in the sport longer than Colin. And, yeah. and I have to say, I was with Don down on uh, in, in his house in Cambria and on South, Southern California recently. And I've got to say, Don's got a, a very severe cancer at the moment. Lovely man, oh, brilliant character. No, He spotted Canelo for Golden Boy in the beginning. Right. This this kind of nine, 18 year old kid, and he advised Golden no, Boy for, to sign him. Surely for Bob Evan. No, no, for for Golden Boy. No, no, uh, with it's... Golden Boy. Spotted him for Golden Boy, and um, he saw his body shots. 
and he saw his beautiful movement from the waist and the fact that he was a red-haired Mexican that looked like an Irishman. And and Don, as as Colin knows, Don with his wife Lorraine, they're both Hall of Famers, like Colin is, Hall of, the International Hall of Fame. They knew how to sell fights. They knew people who would become stars. And I did the same. I picked Canelo in the first fight, but I'm actually picking him in the second one, even though normally when someone wins the first fight, they're going to do the same the second time around. But in this one, in the 10th or 11th round, Golovkin was heavily rocked by Canelo as well. And Canelo was only hurt to the body maybe once in the middle rounds. But I think he will cut. And Don was telling me Canelo's coming out more aggressive for longer in the rounds this time. And you've got the strategy spot on. And, yeah. and, and and Golovkin's 36 coming yeah, up. Exactly. You know, you know exactly. it's like an aging fighter. Eventually, you know, time catches up with him. Can't wait for it, though, because what we've great forgotten fight. in all the controversy is what a great fight it was. I remember shaking with adrenaline. <laughs> sitting, no, really, sitting there writing about it. Because yeah, it make, was so thrilling. It was a very know? good fight. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. call it great, but it was very good. Oh, it was good. Yeah, but it's different when you're ringside. It yeah, feels, yeah. It's you know, anyway... We're talking fight night here on TalkSport. Colin Hart, Darren Barker with me. They are brilliant tonight. Red Hot, stay with us on TalkSport. This is Fight Night on TalkSport. I'm Gareth Davis in the studio with me, former world middleweight champion Darren Barker and the one and only Hall of Fame scribe extraordinaire, Lord Hart of West Ham, Colin Hart. Gentlemen, we were talking Canelo and Golovkin before the break. We are now going to switch our attention to America to talk about the American heavyweights. We couldn't have a better person in here with us tonight having, you know, Colin, you've covered that amazing golden era of the the big American heavyweights, you know, from, um, well, two eras, I would say, actually. Um, with the Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier, Ken Norton, Larry Holmes era, yeah. into the Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield, Holyfield Lennox Bo- Lewis, Bo, Riddick Bow era. Yeah. Now, yeah. what I've got to ask you is this. What has gone wrong with heavyweight boxing in America? Nothing's gone wrong with it. They're all playing basketball and American <laughs> football. Simple as that. Why are they doing that? Because they're not getting knocked about as much. And they're getting as much money. What, the Yanks have gone soft is what you're saying, yeah? No, they've gone into... Other sports, basket, the big guys, let's face it, most of the great American heavyweights in our lifetime were black. Is that right? why, is, that, is it in the same way that West India, we've, you know, we've had a brilliant test match today with England yep. and India, brilliant finish that. Is it the same way that the West Indian quicks are now involved in basketball? Absolutely. You know, is it the same thing? Yeah. You, know? you see, look, you look at the contracts and people like LeBron is getting in LeBron American James, basketball, yeah, yeah. right? Mm. James LeBron, mm. who is their number one player. I mean, he's earning as much as any heavyweight champion in the world, if not more. And his face is the same now as it was when he was a baby. (laughs) And, you know, he's he's not going to be suffering from any head traumas playing basketball. Um, Darren, you know... You would have grown up in a time, and you, you know, I, I mean, I was influenced wanting to be involved in boxing as a writer and now as a broadcaster because of people like Muhammad Ali. Do you yeah. remember that era as a kid? Tyson was my favourite. You know, without a doubt, he was the the guy that Mike really, Tyson. Mike Tyson. Yeah, yeah sorry, Mike Tyson. He, he was the guy that I really wanted to watch, and he was the one that really ins- uh, 
inspired me to become a champion, if I'm honest. It, what was it know, about him? Well, it was that the fear factor, the way that he intimidated people before they even got to the ring. You know, it was it was crazy. And obviously that pure excitement that someone, though he was a lot shorter than a lot of the heavyweights, he still, still a yep. big guy that could move so quickly and mm. punch so can hard. I, can I make a point? Go on, mate. Muhammad Ali, Larry Holmes would have jabbed his ears off. I reckon Tyson knocks them both spark oh, out. God, my, I, I, I've, had, I've had this argument with my dad a million times. Oh, well, it's uh, time to have it with Lord Hart. Yeah. Tyson and me. Beat, Tyson, Ali would have beaten Tyson long before they got in the ring. I've got to disagree. I think uh, I think Tyson doesn't. No. Personally, I just think he's too ferocious, too quick, too. You know, it's like the the eras, the the heavyweight eras. They just they sort of evolve, and you get bigger, stronger. I mean, it's a lot. It's a different. It's a different division than it was then. Right, it's, which it's, which Ali, Colin? We're, we're, so we're talking prime Tyson, late eighties. Okay? Oh, listen, I'm and we're not talking. Talk... We're talking the Ali that beat Sonny Liston with the Ali. Which exactly, Ali? I'm that talking about moving, that featherweight, young, move like a, hit like a middleweight, speed, speed, move like a featherweight, and yeah, and could hit like a heavyweight but when he wanted to. Move like a featherweight, to. yeah. Right. Yeah. But didn't, didn't didn't Tyson have that? He was as quick. Was I he not, think, was he not quicker? Was call. he not quicker than Ali? No. You wouldn't say he was quicker than no. Ali. I wouldn't say not with just, his feet. Oh, I don't know the way he got into range. He closed that distance. Yeah, but who was he, he fighting? Was, Listen, no, Jack Johnson. I agree with that. Trevor Burbick. No, no, I agree with that, Colin. I definitely agree that the caliber of opponent Tyson. You know, I had I actually put this out on on Instagram the other day about Tyson yeah. being my favorite. There was a picture I had on my wall as a kid, and it was Tyson wearing a crown. And he had the IBF belt. And this is a true story. I always wanted to win the IBF world title because of that picture. Um, but there was a there was the, the, a lot of feedback I got from that was he never fought anyone, Tyson. But forget that. I don't care who, you know, who you would have put him in the ring. In his, in his prime, he beats everyone. And not only that. No, you but, talked but, about the fear factor. Mm. Holyfield was trembling in his boots, was he? No, but he, he, that wasn't a prime Tyson. Even if it had been prime Tyson, no, you did Tyson beat You couldn't intimidate. No, no, no. But it, it, what I'm saying is, it was still a spectacular watching him intimidate. Oh, uh, so a big, big guy. But well, a prime Tyson beats a prime Holyfield. A prime well, Tyson beats a prime Ali, in my opinion. Was George Foreman intimidating? Yeah, absolutely. Right. And you know what? Yeah. Do you see the fight in Zaire? Pardon? Did you see the fight in Zaire? Oh, no, I've seen it, yeah. Uh, but, I was just born. But uh, I, I, I'm my not, case I, I, No, 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 not at all. Because I don't agree that. Uh, what I'm saying is, I was fascinated by the way that he intimidated fighters. I didn't say that's the reason he beat fighters. I, didn't, I never once said yeah. that. I said he. Oh, it was amazing how scary he was. Yeah. Was he more scarier than Sonny Liston? Uh, I again wasn't around right. at that well, era. But regardless, that doesn't. Sonny Liston fight, was, was considered an ogre, right? He tried to intimidate Muhammad Ali, or then as he then was, mm. the 22-year-old Cassius Clay, and he failed miserably. Yeah, uh, but again, I'm not saying it was just amazing watching someone so scary. Yeah. You know, it was like that fear. You know, people watch people watch horror movies because they, you know, they, they, they frighten you. You know, watching him was frightening. I'm not saying that was the reason he won. On certain mm. occasions, it probably did. But I just think when I look at the two fighters... I'm going back to Ali and Tyson. I just think Tyson 
would have beaten him. Right, here's, frogs here's the thing. Colin knows this because we've had this conversation. Dad, I've had if the you, same row with no, my dad. This. No, and, and oh, I, I have. And I've had the same Listen, rows with Colin. Colin, <laughs> Colin, Colin. Next time, bring your dad here. <laughs> Colin, let me just call you to order a minute. Yeah. If you were around in the 20s covering it, you'd have said Jack Johnson was the greatest. Mm. If you were around in the 50s, you'd have said Floyd Patterson. This is what happens in the 50s yeah. and 60s. That this is what happens. We've had this conversation. Yeah. We are all coloured by can, the era we can, live in. Can I make and, and you're, you're, it? And I agree with you. Tyson... Because you remember certain things, you know, because they are so indelibly inked into your persona that yeah. it had an influence on you and made you go to the gym. Your years you spent with Muhammad Ali were just extraordinary. Yeah. The years I spent, look, Ring Magazine this month has got who wins Mayweather versus Leonard plus Mike Tyson versus Joe Frazier. Now, what a fight that would have been. Yeah. Joe, who wins out of that one? Frazier. Mike Tyson and Joe Frazier. Frazier. <laughs> Darren, Darren we've got a break in a minute uh, but come Tyson, on Darren Tyson. come on bring it bring Tyson. it <laughs> better skilled more more rounded of that you, technically you, you, better you, you've just provided the answer to my theory which is when you see his movement his, and, and his bobbing and weaving and his aggressiveness and all those big men he put Tyson away Tyson was a bully Tyson was so was George Foreman and George Foreman destroyed Fraser so uh, in my opinion Tyson destroyed yeah and Ali destroyed Foreman yeah Silence in the studio suddenly. Agreed, but uh, George Foreman again. It's a score draw at the moment. Better than Foreman. (laughs) But this this is what's fascinating about styles, isn't it? This is why when there's a great fight coming up, as we mentioned Canelo and Triple G earlier, when there's a great fight coming up and you want to describe, it's such a shame we can't mix eras. You, you see the silhouettes moving yeah. and boxing is so much about debate. We're so often proved right and wrong and we always expect the unexpected. Listen, but and it's, you know, I, I, I agree with, I think Tyson might have given Ali nightmares. I'd like to have seen them in three fights. Yeah. A trilogy yeah, yeah, of fights yeah, yeah, and we might have got that. the answer. You it know? wouldn't have been three fights because he'd have won 2-0. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you are no, not giving up the ghost no. on this, are you? No. Ali, to me, <laughs> is the greatest heavyweight who ever lived. Great, greatest character in heavyweight boxing, without a doubt. There will never be another Muhammad Ali. No. But now, of course, and, and you know, we, we, we're we going to talk about American heavyweights after the break, but um, we are going to get around to it eventually, that the current American heavyweights. The, um, the, the, for me, the, the, the eras are defined by the individuals. This is an era that may well end up being defined by Anthony Joshua. How do you feel about that, Colin? Well, yes, he, if he proves to be the best of his era, in other words, if he beats mm. Fury and Wilder, there's no argument. Yeah. He is the heavyweight of the 21st century. A more athletic, uh, a better fighting Klitschko-type fighter, is he? You could say yeah. so. You know, that technical sound, that amateur background, that amateur pedigree. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he, let's face it, he wasn't shy. He didn't shine in his last two fights. Parker, he should have got rid of Parker. But he didn't. Well, it's one thing I think about Anthony, and I watched some of the old performances recently. He was against Matt Skelton and Dillian White. They've really made him do that thing that Manny Stewart do, do, did with, with Vladimir Klitschko and Lennox, is teach that half step back all the time and controlling behind the jab and unleashing himself when he's ready. He was quite a terror when he started in his professional career. He really let his hands go a lot more. Um, and I do think we're seeing Joshua's style evolve into a much safer, if I can call it that, because they're heavyweight boxers, a much safer, uh, a much more comfortable style. Yeah, take no chances. Well, there you go. And, and is that the right thing? 
Well, is for, that long, what for, for longevity, and when you look at the pot of gold that's out there for him, you mm. know, you want to you want to remain in the sport. And I guess the art of boxing is to hit and not be hit. On occasions, that can be boring, but yeah. you know, if you can master the sport, then that's it. Brilliant stuff, guys. I love talking heavyweights with you two. And I really <laughs> nearly saw the gloves go on with these two just then. <laughs> Slightly unfair competition because Colin would flatten him. Absolutely right. we got Luke Campbell, the brilliant lightweight, coming on after the break. You're listening to Fight Night with me, Gareth A. Davis, Colin Hart and Darren Barker. You're listening to Fight Night here on the Talk Sports. Just seeing Wembley Stadium lit up and some Anthony Joshua promos in the background. We're there, of course, with Talk Sports, live and exclusive on September the 22nd when he defends his three world belts against the Russian Alexander Povitkin. But we're not talking to a Russian next. We're talking to a bloke from all. He's on the line. I love him. He's Luke Campbell. Good evening, Luke. How are you doing, Guy? If you're all right. I'm very well. I'm yeah. in here in the studio. You wouldn't believe this. You know these two fellas. Darren Barker. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good. Good, thanks, Darren. And Colin Hart, Lord Hart of Harrow. Hi. Oh, nice. How are you doing? <laughs> well, you know what? They've been arguing. Right, I'm going to ask you this question before we get going on you. They've been yeah. arguing over who wins out of Mike Tyson and Muhammad Ali. Be honest. No, no, no. No. Darren, listen, you two, just calm down a minute, Yeah. Um, yeah. Luke, Luke, who wins out of Mike Tyson and Muhammad Ali in their prime? Um, a straight up answer? Or do you... We want the straight up answer and a bit of explanation. Right, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Muhammad Ali. Oh, what's going on Colin Hart has thrown, <laughs> his, <laughs> he's thrown his headphones on the floor, he's clapped his hands, and I think he was about to give Darren a right hook. Yeah. <laughs> well done. You... Well done, young man. <laughs> Thanks. This um, both fighters was very was was the best for intimidating their opponents in different ways. Muhammad Ali would frustrate them, would make them feel like there was like worthless. Where Mike Tyson just had the look where you was scared. Now I don't think he would intimidate Muhammad Ali for Muhammad Ali to feel scared. Uh, and I think uh, Muhammad Ali would have took Mike Tyson out of his game plan and, and frustrated him. Well, that's a great answer. Yeah, no, it's Shut a great, me up. It's a great I, I just agree with every single word you've just uttered, young man. Yeah, yeah. Good. I, I, I don't want to say that uh, that Colin Hart's being glib right now. <laughs> but he is and smug. He's dancing. He was. I've never. I have not seen him move like that in many, many years. Listen, um, <laughs> um, we're, we're we're having a great chat about boxing tonight. Let's talk about you. Um, obviously, yeah. you're the former Olympic champion, uh, and you've li- I've recently linked up with with the trainer Shane McGuigan. Uh, Shane's yeah. obviously w- worked with high profile people, uh, Carl Frampton, David Hay, George Groves. Um, tell us how this came about, Luke. Uh, it, I wasn't necessarily out, out there looking, to be honest with you. Um, obviously, I've been in America for the last two and a half years. Uh, in Miami, know, of course, for Jorge Rubio. That's that's right. And, you know, it's it's, it's hard um, being away. From, I was away from my family six, seven months out, out, out of 12 months um, every year. And, you know, it's, it was tough. But like I said, I wasn't necessarily looking. I, I came across Shane and I thought, yeah, it'd be cool just to do a training session. I did a training session with Shane and I just thought there and then sometimes when you just click 
and you know straight off, straight off the bat, I just thought, I need this and I want this. And, you know, the more we've done, the more I've enjoyed it. And, yeah, I feel like it's going to be a fantastic relationship. Um, Look, you, you I, I understand, it's, is it Ivan Mendy up next? Um, I'm just waiting for confirmation. Um, it's it's a fight that we want. Um, it's it's definitely a fight I would love to put straight. You know, I'd love to clean him off my record. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to put that straight. And guess what? He's number one in the WBC. You know? Well, that's perfect then, isn't it? So let's one and two fight off anyhow. Yeah, just to explain to the listeners, Luke, that obviously you lost him. It was the first defeat of a professional career back in December 2012. And people were saying at the time that you'd been rushed through too quickly. But, you know, we've seen yeah. since. I mean, I was out there with you when you fought Jorge Linares last year. I thought you were very unlucky in that fight. It was very, yeah. very close um, it, uh, out it in was. the Forum in Inglewood, um, California. Um, and, and I know you're going to become a world champion. I don't know about these gents, yeah, but I know you will because you've just got it. And I know your little notebooks there all the time. Um <laughs> You you have a notebook. Carl Froch had Froch one. Did, yeah. yeah. Do, you know what, do you know what? I've only in the last two fights just pulled that back out because as an amateur, I had it with me all the time on training camps. When I had a fight, I used to write things down all the time, and I just thought, as a professional, I wasn't doing it at all. Have you and got just, it with you tonight? I just thought. Um, I've actually I had it with me this week. Uh, can you uh, open it so tonight? Can you open it and read us a page from it? Listen, you don't want to. You don't want to read into into that. It's telling you what it's telling you is um, the mistakes I've made in the gym um, and things that I'm not allowed to do again, and I've got to put them straight. And a few positives in there. The things I'm doing good because you always got to have add a few positives in. You say about putting things straight. Are there still demons from that Mendy fight? No, no. There was never. There was never no demons, Darren. What it was was it was a night where I'd let I'd let myself down. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I let everybody see a very weak version of myself. And that was the most disappointing thing for me. Yeah. I don't believe it's my ability it's, or, or anything like that to question. I just believe I shouldn't have just got in the ring that night. Well, I'm, with, um, I'm with Gareth, mate, 100%. I, I see you winning a world title, definitely. And it, it would be great for you to, to get the opportunity to, to right that wrong, mate. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. And let's hope you can get it. And I was there. I, I, I remember your night. I was you there. was, weren't you? You was there. Was, funny enough, I only see yeah. a photo. There was a photo, a, a big team photo, I remember, with Rob and, and all sorts, you know, loads of yeah. loads of us there. And I remember that, mate. I, I of appreciate course, you yeah. being there. Rob McCracken, Rob McCracken worked with you, didn't he, Darren? Yeah, well, Rob was in... Uh, Worked with us, uh, me and Tony. And yeah, yeah he, was, uh, Tony he was the second in my corner for yeah. probably the first... I don't know, 10, 10 bouts. So, yeah, it was, and, yeah. And, and, and Rob, of course, led Luke and um, Nicola Adams and Anthony Joshua to Olympic gold. Not led, you did the work, but he was obviously yeah. a great asset to you all when you won your gold medals in London 2012. <laughs> yeah, no, he was. He, he came in uh, performance director um, in 2010 and he just he just set the programme up right and he's very good with people uh, and he just set it up right and you know, it went from strength to strength with Rob being there. Uh, Luke, when you do get the next shot at the world title, let's hope yeah. it's in this country. Yeah. I know that you knew, you know, you've, you're you not a stranger 
to America. But do you not yeah. agree that there is a hell of a difference fighting for a world title at home as compared to what you did against Linares in California? Yeah, no, most definitely. Listen, there's, there's a lot of things that went on what shouldn't have gone on, what people don't know about. Um, exactly. You know, but I'm not going to go into any of them things because it's it's pointless. It's been and gone. Um, but but taking my performance um, out the equation, I thought personally, I just nicked the fight. I thought I won seven rounds out of twelve. But listen, it's as you say, you you're in the champion's back garden. You're across the pond. You know, you're on you're on his his show, uh, and it's all their rules and regulations that go along with it as well. You know, it's one wall, one rule for one and one for another. Yeah, no, it's so true. I'm um, listen. What a division you're in, though. Let me just read them out. WBC, and you're going to fight Ivan Mendy for the number one spot. Mikey Garcia. Yeah. WBA, Vasil Lomachenko. Um, WBO, Raimundo Beltran. Now, come on, be honest. Which one of those three would you rather get the title off? Well, listen, it's. Um... <laughs> Uh, everybody knows um, that we know the weakest is out out of them three. But as you, as you, I'm not a type of person just to go for the weakest title. That's what I, I love mean, about the, you. The, the, the green <laughs> belt is the belt is the best belt by far. That's Mikey, the one that Mikey holds. You know, moment, Luke. Yeah. He's asked yeah. you whether you want to be shot or hanged. <laughs> that was very good. No, the the point I'm making is, I I know what you're like. I've known you a long time. I've probably known you ten years now, maybe even longer. Yeah. You when you when that Linares fight came up for you and you took it in in California, you just said no, I'm doing it because you believe in yourself. You came within yeah. a whisker of beating Linares, yeah. um, and and I think you are in a red hot division. And I just I, I agree with Colin. If Eddie Hearn can get one of those guys to come here, it's so much in your advantage. Exactly. And we're talking yeah. at the moment yeah. about a golden yeah. age for British boxing where you could sell out. 25,000 in Hull yeah. or Manchester or in, in, a, in, yeah. in a stadium for, a, for you fighting one of those guys. You know, my old mate Terry Lawless, who trained and managed five world champions, dear old Terry's been dead nine years, and he trained at the old, uh, uh, in Canning Town. And as far as he was concerned, Wembley was a foreign trip. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Let, um, listen, tell us, just, just tell us very quickly, Joe Cordina has started his fight, by the way, against Masha Dodd. They're in the opening round. We're going to keep you up abreast of that. I right. bet Luke's got it on in the background as well. Um, just tell us what you've, before we leave you, what, 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 what you've been working on with Shane McGuigan that's, that's a little bit different, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, he's just he's just making uh, little alterations to my style, using getting more out of my attributes, um, you know, out of my height, my reach, my power, um, mixing things up. Um, I, I'm more of a person that loves for my actions to speak my words for me. Uh, and hopefully if this next fight can come off... Um, my actions will speak a hell of a lot louder than my words. And Look, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, listen, it's always great to hear from you, Luke. And I hope you get the uh, kill the two birds with one stone, get to number one in the WBC rankings and get your revenge over... Um, they don't like to call it revenge. Just get the rematch win against yeah. Ivan Mendy. It's always great to hear from you. Thanks very much, Luke. Yeah, thanks. Well, Bye, Luke. Uh, Luke Campbell there, uh, who, as we 
all three of us feel is going to go on to be a world champion. Um, they're in the, they're just coming to the end of the first round as Joe Cordina, very, very promising fighter, of course, in against Sean Masha Dodd over at the Motor Point Arena in Cardiff. We're going to keep you abreast of that fight as we go on. Just a couple of messages coming in. Um, great chat on Talk Sports. Um, so keen to know your thoughts. Um, who in the absolute prime wins? Mike Tyson, Tyson Fury. Another one. Um, I, if you're into boxing, get to talk sport and listen to me, Darren Barker, 82, and Lord Hart of West Ham. Great lesson. Thank you very much. You're listening to Fight Night on Talk Sport. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. You're listening to Fight Night here on TalkSport. I'm Gareth A. Davis, so the former world middleweight champion Darren Barker's in the studio with me on red-hot form. And his punching partner tonight is Lord Hart of West Ham, Colin Hart. Gentlemen, um, just a quick one for you. As we go into the, we're into the second round of the uh, Joe Cordina, Sean Masher Dodd fight in Cardiff. Um, and uh, Dodd being stalked, really, by Cordina, who, who's a very vicious body a, a real alternate head and body puncher, isn't he? Yeah. Stalking him down into the corners, gents. And uh, I, I fancied a fifth or sixth round stoppage in this fight. I, I really think big things are Cordina. Yeah, he's looking positive here. He's holding the centre of the ring, stalking Dodd. And like you say, he has such a great uh, shot selection, head and body, good variation, oozes confidence. And he's Cardiff. And he's Cardiff. <clears throat> he's hard. He's a very tough guy. I mean, I, I thought he was going to go further than he did in the amateurs as well but I think he you could see in the amateurs that he's got a great pro style listen here's a here's a poser for you two go on mate um, someone right. put it on Twitter for, oh, I know you're preparing <laughs> you're, you're not allowed to prepare your answers no. Lord Hart um, who wins out of Mike Tyson and Tyson Fury Darren Mike Tyson Tyson <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, come on, right, no. right, right, okay. I'm going to get off the fence. I think Mike Tyson beats Tyson Fury because uh, Tyson Fury, um, I don't think, can punch hard enough to keep the bully away from him. I yeah. agree with that. I, I, just, I, I do you know, agree with that. Yeah. He'd, he'd just, you know, he'd start to the body, work away at the body, throw some big yeah. headshot. He'd just be pushing, and, and he's back got in. plenty of body to aim at. Where Tyson, yeah, I, yeah, my Tyson. I just think he's just, just too quick. All right, who wins? Then I'm going to, I'm going to get Darren at some point tonight. Who wins then, out of Mike Tyson and a Mike Tyson-sized Sugar Ray Leonard? <laughs> that I mean, that's taking the fantasy fights to another too far. level. Well, well, I could say a hundred. <laughs> 
Tyson-sized ducks or whatever, but I'm going to say a Mike Tyson-sized Sugar Ray Leonard versus Mike Tyson. It's almost like the ultimate heavyweight. Uh, yeah, it is. Well, it's Ali, isn't it, Colin? Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, a shortened version of Muhammad Ali. I mean, to me, Leonard's the best pound for pound, the greatest fighter I saw mm, in mm, the flesh. Mm. Uh, and that's why I think he would have beaten Mayweather. Uh, and if he hadn't fought Duran's fight in the first fight, he would have beaten him in the first time. But so, uh, you know, you're, uh, it's not fair to ask me about Sugar Ray London. I know, you do. Oh, uh, it's a, yeah, go on. The, 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 I'm sure we'd be in agreement here. The greatest ever fighter, in my opinion, is Sugar Ray Robinson. I agree. Uh, he was he was a modern day fighter back then. Tony Sims. Uh, I'm a, I'm a massive fan of boxing, always have been, but I never really studied fighters of the uh, of the past. But Tony, it's something he installed into me. Like, look, watch these great fighters. If we're going to take you know combinations and and parts of a great fighters from the past then you need to be watching them and studying them and Sugar Ray Robinson was one that obviously I was aware of but when I started watching him I was yeah. in awe of this well, man's talent well did you see him as a welterweight mm. totally unbeatable as yeah. a welterweight mm. 130 Incredible. odd fights Incredible. he only lost one and that was to the middleweight Lamotta mm. you know um, six times they fought now they? nobody yeah. had a bigger ego than Muhammad Ali and you say to Muhammad Ali, Muhammad, who was the greatest fighter who ever lived? And a lot of people would expect him to say, me. He <laughs> yeah. didn't. Mm. Sugar Ray Robinson. Who do you think is, Colin? Sugar Ray Robinson. Yeah. No question. I, I, no I, question. Yeah, in my, in my sojourn, in my travels to America, I bring up Don Chargin again. And Don, Don, um, Don used to sit ringside when Sugar Ray Robinson uh, was boxing. Wow. And he said that Sugar Ray used to wink at him while he was boxing. And and I, I remember sitting with Don just a few weeks ago in his home and him describing when you watched, was uh, when you watched, was it Sam Langford, his coach? Who? Uh, I'm trying to remember, not Sam Langford. I'm trying to remember. George Gainsford. George Gainsford, sorry. And, and um, Sugar Ray Robinson once said to him, listen, all George has shown me is loyalty. He hasn't taught me anything. And Don described the movement, the poise, the balance, he knew every punch, when to throw it, mm. how to throw it, like you're talking about, Darren. Yeah. It just, he was just perfection. And the funny thing is, he, this is a really weird thing to tell you, Angelo, Angelina Jolie's dad, John Voigt, was training for a movie and was a natural at boxer as well. And Don says he's one of the greatest boxers he's ever seen right. as well. Unbelievable. <clears throat> now then. It's, ability is quite natural in boxing sometimes, I oh, think, and yeah. he had it. No, Robinson was a far greater welterweight than he was a middleweight. Mm, mm. <clears throat> now, Carlos Monzon, yeah. who wow. had 16 world middleweight title defences. You talk to Monzon about Ray Robinson, the middleweight, and he'll say to you, as he did to me through an interpreter, <laughs> but Robinson lost five times at middleweight. I never lost at middleweight. So why is he considered the greatest? So you talked to Monzon. He said, I would have murdered Robinson at middleweight. Gents, I've got a few yeah. questions for you here that are and coming in. There's a lot of interest in these kind of discussions. Um, Paul Burke says, um, great showman to me. Uh, he obviously means you two as well. Um, what do you chaps think? Who do you think um, you chaps think is the most underrated heavyweight of all time? Underrated? Well, 
I think Larry Holmes is. No, no. Oh no, Larry oh. Holmes is number three in my estimation. Yeah, I think he is. But I think no. people don't I, bring him up a lot. I tell you, who was the most reason. underrated was the black heavyweights in the 1920s. Oh, so Johnson and, and who Sam Langford, get all these guys. A heavyweight championship yeah. fight. Mm. Harry Wolves being mm. one of them. Mm. And between Johnson and Lewis. They weren't allowed to fight for the heavyweight championship. That's right, yeah. Before. Harry Wills, well, Johnson, Jack Johnson had to fight for his opportunity, eventually got it. Well, Wasn't meant to win, to, was he? Yeah, to run off to Australia to get mm, it. Mm. But, but so he was the most underrated heavyweight of all time for me. It's a tough one. Um, it, it, is, it is a tough question. But the fact that we've not mentioned his name, it, this guy was been, it is, it dominated for, for years. Um, and is well rated, but the fact we've not mentioned him, um, I, I'm going to say Lennox Lewis, because mm. when you when you look at him and you put him pound for pound, he'd have to be up there with one of the greatest heavyweights because of his size, his athletic. He, well, Ali wouldn't have athletic. beaten him, would he? Hello, Colin. Yes, of course he would. How do you know? Cassius Clay would have beaten Lennox Lewis. He'd been too quick for him, too quick. These guys are ponderous compared. Would to Ali the... have beaten Jack Johnson? Ah. Now, listen, oh, okay. listen, listen, if you will, just for a minute. I grew up with Muhammad Ali, went round the world with him for 10 years, Zaire, Manila, etc., etc. Mm -hmm. To me, he's the greatest heavyweight who ever lived. The late Frank Butler, 25 years, a boxing writer, covered Joe Lewis. And you ask Frank, who was the greatest heavyweight? It's Joe, Joe Lewis. Lewis. Of course. Now, and we, minute, we haven't mentioned Joe yet, wait, of course. Just a moment. Yeah. Nat Fleischer, the founder of Ring Magazine. Yep. I was with Nat Fleischer in promoted Jack Solomon's office, and I said to Nat, who was an old man then, Nat, who was a better heavyweight, Joe Lewis or Muhammad Ali? And Joe he Lewis. said, Jack Johnson. Oh, well, there you go, because he was because in that era. He yeah, there you go. It's covered what I said earlier. Jack Johnson. Yeah, yeah, because when you, it's it's weird, isn't it? Because when you, there is definitely something, and I I say this every time I'm on a boxing show, and it comes to this point on Talksport. Get yourself to ringside at some point in your life if you've never been to a heavyweight fight ringside or or a big fight ringside, because there is nothing like feeling the electricity on a big night in boxing. It's like nothing else. And that is why when we are the people covering or being around or being in that era with those fighters, there's something about their electricity that has an impression on you. Mm. There's, a, a few, there's a few things coming here that I, in answer to your things, guys. Um, Mr. Mustafa Mia on, on Twitter says, M, says, Lennox Lewis beats both Ali and T Tyson in their prime. Too tall, too long of a reach, great jab and good punching power. Wardy says, there isn't a human being, past or present in my opinion, that could beat an in-prime Mike Tyson. Great show, he says. And Knockout Power says, Ali jabs Tyson's head off, in my opinion. Too fast, too smart, too skillful. <laughs> so, you know, that's what we love about this sport. Everybody's yeah. got an opinion. And you're, obviously, you're right, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm glad you admit it. <laughs> Your wife just rang me and told me to say you're right. <laughs> um, Terry Barker's been on as well. Yes. <laughs> and he says that a, a prime Frank Bruno, I know you're listening, Terry, a prime ABA champion, Darren's dad, of course. ABA champion back in the 80s. My inspiration, my you're hero. Into, yeah, absolute brilliant man. Um, I know that because you're an absolute credit to him. Um, that he, he will say, or he has said to us tonight, that a prime 
Frank Bruno beats all these current heavyweights in the, in the UK. Discuss, gents. Yes, there's every chance he could and would. Frank Bruno was very underrated. He was much better than he was given credit for. Mm. Uh, the one thing about Frank, he was he he had such nervous tension. Yeah, that he would run out of gas after six, seven rounds. Sit with uh, Bone Crusher and uh, Tim Witherspoon. Exactly. Uh, you know, as the rounds went on, it was that nervous now, when, energy. That... When he fought Bone Crusher Smith, he won nine out of nine rounds, and in the tenth round, he got caught. Um, he just didn't mm. have stamina. Um, one pink rose has been on. Heart is insane, it says. Um, Ali beat Tyson. Lewis fought Tyson in 2002, 15 years after Tyson won the heavyweight title in, in 87. There's a lot of interest here. Um, listen, we're going to come back after the break. We're, we're into, I think, the fifth round in Cardiff with Joe Cordina against Sean Masha Dodd, the headliner there. And um, we're going to talk as well about Frank Warren's latest card that he's been telling us about uh, in Leicester on October the 6th, where Nicola Adams will fight for either an interim or world title um, and Jack Catterall will face O'Hara Davis. You're listening to Fight Night on TalkSport. You're listening to Fight Night on TalkSport. I'm Gareth Davis, the former world middleweight champion, Darren Barker, in the studio with me, alongside the very argumentative octogenarian and legend, Hall of Fame boxing writer, Colin Hart. You're always right, Colin. We're having a great debate tonight. We're going to go back to our debate shortly about who beats who, when and where and why. Um, just a quick update from Cardiff. I think we've had five and a half, maybe six rounds in Cardiff. Uh, Joe Cordina dominating this contest for the first four rounds. Suddenly, Sean Masher Dodd starts to make a few returns in that last round. And... Uh, Cordina can't hurt him. Fascinating test and fascinating learning fight for Joe Cordina right now in Cardiff. Gents, I wanted to speak very quickly before we go back to our over-the-generations fantasy fights debate um, in the heavyweight division. Um, uh, Frank Warren's card announced this week, October the 6th, Leicester, probably headlined, I think, by Nicola Adams, the the flyweight in a in an interim or world, full world title fight um and also of course uh, an exciting fight jack catterall and o'hara davis both like to throw down kind of like a fans fight that one um first of all both of you um how tough is it for someone like nicola adams to to build a following in spite of winning two olympic gold medals as an amateur um i think it's becoming a little bit it will start becoming a bit easier i think because of the how much women's boxing is growing you know there's 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 more fighters coming through a lot more talented women coming through and therefore uh pub you know publicity is is starting to grow and and i think you know she's she's marketable and and i think she will start getting a following i think we're way off just because of you know i don't want to be too controversial here but um no be controversial uh, yeah, Darren. be controversial because, yeah it's just i don't <laughs> think other than Katie Taylor in Ireland, I, I think we're we're way off. Clarissa of, Shields maybe yeah, in the states. Yeah, but I, I still think we're way off uh, a, a a woman headlining uh, a Vegas uh, and, event. And, 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 or and, uh, yeah, I agree bit, with you. You I know, but with you. other than Katie Taylor in Ireland, can I advise you not to say anything at this point, Lord Heart of Harrow? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> come on then. Well, Deliver. <laughs> you know my feelings. I'm not a lover of women's boxing. No, let's, I know. I know. Let's get yeah. that straight. Yeah, but. 
the problem is with women's boxing, there's not enough competition. Yeah. Women's boxing might flourish, but it will take another 10 years mm-hmm. when you get... I mean, Nicola Adams is so much better than her competitors. It's not a fight. But also, same with same with Taylor. Listen, years ago, you mentioned no competition. You you mentioned Ali. I covered Layla Ali's career very closely, and she fought uh, Joe Frazier's daughter, Jackie Frazier Light. Of course, you weren't there that night, but I went. Tito Trinidad, Trinidad, the two old men were there. Bernard Hopkins was there. It was a big night in a circus tent in Syracuse, New York State, and. It was a really big... They had a cat fight. It was really entertaining. But it was... Um, they never found opponents for Layla and they thought she was going to be a big star. Late 1980 to 2000... And 1998 to about 2004, five was when she was at a She was fighting cocktail waitresses and ladies who worked in factories. You know, and you, you've got female stars, but you haven't got that kind of depth and those major fights. Cecilia Brakus, 23 world title defences. Katie Taylor's going to... Again, like all... The up-and-coming boxers in, in Britain, in the slip scene of Anthony, Anthony Joshua, she's benefiting from the oxygen of his publicity at the moment. She's a great character. She's a great personality. She's a great fighter. But I agree. I think it'll take maybe three or four more rounds of Olympic Games for women to be really well, big. That's right. Ten more years. Yeah, another ten years. Conversely, in mixed martial arts, women have become quite big stars very quickly. Um, you know, I, I think there's a there's a feeling in in boxing as well that, and I don't know, I don't want to be a misogynist or come across as one in this way, but boxing's about explosive power at times as well as being an art. And I think that's what Darren you were going to say. Yeah, no, I I was just about to touch on that, and you know, we're it goes back to the gladiatorial days, you know, when, you know, kill, kill, and you want to see blood. And, you know, I think with, with women, I, I, I think technically fantastic, you know, especially with the GB setup now, you know, we have some really, really talented women boxers, but there isn't that ferocious one punch knockout power. That's what's exciting about all On the yeah, edge of yeah, our exactly, seat, yeah. Exactly. No, I first saw women's boxing in America with a, girl, Atom? With a girl called Christy Martin. Okay, yeah, yeah. The coal miner's daughter, mm, mm. you may have heard of her. Mm-hmm. She used to fight on the Don King card. Now, she had... I thought you were going to talk about Barbara Buttrick because you go back to the 1880s, <laughs> don't you? She had tremendous power, mm. Christy Martin, yeah. for, for a woman. She had terrific punch power. And they used to put kids in with her mm. and they would come out, their face covered in blood. Maybe as I'm the father of daughters and have girl grandchildren. It, it pulled me off. No, but you're I also hated it. yeah, but you're all, you also come from another era, Colin, and yes. you know, and and the world's changing. You know, I don't, yeah, and I don't disagree. No, and listen, I, it's I, not my bag. Yeah, um, gents, uh, over in Cardiff, we're in the seventh round, and Masha Dodd's really putting a bit of pressure on uh, on Joe Cordino. His face is quite marked up, the Welshman, and he's getting a proper test here. Really good fight for him, I think, Darren. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he's in there with an experienced fighter in Dodd, and you know, you expect this. You know, it's it's a major title as a Commonwealth title. You know, it's, it, it, I was over the moon when I won mine, and you, you know, they don't give titles away. You're still in there with a guy that's uh, uh, lost you know, his last out into Tommy Cole, but, you know, he's showing his experience here. He's awkward, but, you know, I see Cordina coming through this, but it is a good test. Gents, um, I'm, I want to talk about, very quickly, about that Frank Warren card in Leicester as well, with the, the developing Daniel Dubois. I think he's 8-0 with eight knockouts at the moment. Um, I know you rate him highly, cause, but we're going to come back to our debate then about the other heavyweights. Yeah. How good can this kid be, Colin? Uh, well, um, he's 20, <laughs> isn't he? 
when I first saw him, he was 19. Mm. <clears throat> and I About said, a year ago then, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> pretend, well, he's 21 in September, all right? Uh, and when I first set eyes on him, I said, he has the potential of being a future heavyweight champion of the world. To me, he's got all the tools. Yeah. Obviously, he's a novice. Mm. He, has, he had no amateur experience. He's got tremendous power. But I'll tell you what I like about him. He seems to be ice cool. Mm. Has... If we go back to, just quickly, the, the women's boxing, his sister... Yeah, she's, a, she's a junior represent, champion. Represents yeah. uh, Repton, my yeah. old amateur. She, she's she's going to be she's already in the Olympics. A, she's yeah. 17, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. already a junior European, uh, junior some, European yeah. champion. Yeah. She's a lovely yeah. girl. Yeah. Big and shout they, out to Repton got, Boxing Club, got, by the way. I think there's a little one called Prince, or yeah. th- who's like 11 and who's nearly as big as Dubois. Yeah. <laughs> as himself. But, yeah, but, but, but I think but, potentially he's got everything going for him. But we haven't seen him tested yet, of have we? Not. And he's on that Leicester card and as well. And let's face it, after eight fights, why should we? Gents, mm-hmm. so we're in the seventh round in Cardiff and Cordina's really going to... Do you know what's good about this fight, gents? Is that he is getting the opportunity to see that he can't just put people away with his power. Being made to work. And he's being canted, being made to work. These are the fights that really... This is the kind of fight that Daniel Dubois needs, isn't it? Sure, as well, you know? sure. You're, you're lost for words. So, yeah, <laughs> no, no, I love it when you're like, no, no, let me read this to you. Look, while on. you're lost for words, it's from Sean Caden. We've got a lot of tweets coming in tonight. I'm gonna, so I'm going to keep the debate going. What an absolute joy listening to the sage Colin Hart. It's Ali by the, by the straight, but has anyone mentioned Jack Dempsey in the pro- pro- Prohibition days? He was the champ for seven years. Great show, lads. Let's talk about Jack Dempsey for a minute because there's people bringing Dempsey's name up. Um, what about Dempsey versus Holyfield, gents? Oh, J- J- look, uh, Dempsey was great in his time, but he's not as good as the, the modern-day heavyweights. You know, he was raw, but he didn't have that. Oh, I, look, I, I've watched a lot of Dempsey, like I said, through through Tyus, uh, sorry Tony Sims uh, getting me to watch these guys. But I think, was, you know, he was raw. He was very, he was a big puncher. But I think he would have been outboxed by a lot of the heavyweights nowadays. This business about Dempsey being a great puncher. Uh, you've seen the film of him when he beat Jess Wellard to win the heavyweight championship of the world, 1922. Now, in those days, when you put a man on the floor, you didn't have to go to a neutral corner. And he stood over Willard, and when Willard was on the way up, he was defenceless. He was on the floor seven times. Mm, Dempsey mm. could not knock him out. Mm. So Dempsey was just over 13 stone. Are you trying to tell me that Dempsey could have beaten Holyfield, who was 15 and a half stone? The answer to that, no. gentlemen, is no. No, agree. So there's a, a, um, a text message coming in from Elgin. Um, I remember George Foreman being asked who was the greatest heavyweight. He said Lennox Lewis. Um, brilliant, they, they, uh, brilliant stuff. People are enjoying it. Um, I've got this one here. Jack Johnson beats all hands down. Um, great stamina and two good hands, which could hit heavy. Uh, but also, he was whom the likes of Ali and Tyson aspired to be. 100% so who was that beats Gareth? all of them. Jack, Jack Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, so I, again, I've got to disagree. They're just, he, was, he didn't have the same technical ability. I'm not denying it, no, he but, may but, be able but, to... But, but it developed from him, didn't it? He was yeah, the first yeah, very but, technical... But if, you're, if you're asking, we're talking about these fantasy matchups. He moved, he, he had a he jab. Doesn't live, he he, he no. doesn't live with no. Ali, Tyson, no, Lewis. No. He doesn't. Well, according to Nat Fleischer, right. 
Yeah. According to Nat Fleischer, he would have beaten Joe Lewis and Ali or Cassius Clay. He saw him in the flesh. He said defensively, he was like Mayweather. Defensively, you couldn't hit him. He was that clever. Another name's come up, gents, that we haven't mentioned yet, Rocky Marciano. Ah. Um, great boxing show on Talk Sport tonight, says one of our, our listeners. I don't have a name. Um, I've nearly read his number out then, I won't. Rocky would have beaten Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson. Oh, no. no, you see, look, whoever, no wonder he didn't put his name to it. <laughs> Let's get real here. Rocky Marciano, bless him, 49 and 0, unbeaten, retired. When Rocky Marciano won the world heavyweight title, he knocked out Jersey Joe Walcott, who was 38 years of age, in the 13th round. I don't know if people out there realise that at the weigh-in, Rocky Marciano scaled 13 stone 2 pounds. Yeah, a cruiserweight. A cruiserweight today. It wasn't a yeah. cruiserweight. It wasn't even a cruiserweight. A yeah, cruiserweight between light heavy and cruiser. is 14 stone yeah, yeah. 8. But between light heavy and cruiser. Yeah. It was a, really a built-up light heavyweight. heavyweight. Yeah. So you're yeah. trying to tell me that you can put a 5 stone 10 inch man weighing 13 stone 2 against Ali, Holmes, Lewis, Tyson, Holyfield. Forget it, fellas. Gideon Wagner. Thank you, Gideon. Book of Gideon has sent his tweet in. He's having a go at me. You've been discussing great heavyweights for an hour or so. And have we really been doing it that long? And no mention of Rocky Marciano yet. There you go, Gideon. You got your mention. Gents, before we go to the break, one quick question for you both. O'Hara Davis... Jack Catterall, these are the kind of fights that are really important in our sport. They're not the big, big headliners, but both these guys are coming up, aren't they, Darren? This is the fight in Leicester on uh, on October the 6th. Yeah, I mean, it's a must must win for both. And, you know, the winner of this is, is knocking on the door for a world title. You could, well, or there, thereabouts. I mean, Catterall has looked very good. A very talented fighter. He's a... Uh, He's an all-rounder. He can do a bit of everything. He's got physicality yeah, as well. That's what does. I like about him. Uh, you know? and, and tenacity. Uh, and Ahara Davis carries a punch. He's very awkward. He has mm. the longest arms I've seen on a man. <laughs> ever. Ever. It doesn't matter if you're talking about, you know, pound for pound. Yeah. He has the longest arms I've ever met. Longer you know, arms he, than, than, than Tyson Fury, do you think? Easily. He's the longest <laughs> arms I've, I've ever seen on Could a man. Can he wrap you up? Twice with his arms. I think then. so. You remember, like the was it the Mister Men? You know, he's one of them, Mister Long Arms. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a must win for both. It's a huge one. But I just think with Catchell has the momentum at the minute. He has the style, and we see Taylor, just Taylor, uh, take um, Ahara Davis to, to pieces. You know, absolutely destroyed him, didn't he? So, can, can someone you know, like Catchell? Taylor to me is a future world champion. Yeah, yeah. yeah I agree. And I put him a class above Catchell, to be honest. I do. Although I think Catchell will have the measure of... Uh, yeah, I agree. Exactly the same, yeah. The thing that worries me about Jack, he seems to fade in the later rounds. You know, he's he, he's on top and then he seems to lose it a bit later on. Mm. Um, but I think, he'll, uh, I think he'll be too good for O'Hara. Okay, look. Apollo Creed would wipe the floor with Tyson Lewis, etc. Says one of our funny <laughs> listeners. Um, Hagler versus Jones Jr. 
Oh. Roy Jones Jr., Marvin Hagler, marvellous. Marvin <laughs> that, that's Jr. a great question. Right, we're yeah. going to work. No, no, that's, that's, that's a brilliant Think question. about it, gents. We're going to come back after the break. We are in the ninth round uh, in Cardiff where Joe Cordina is facing Sean, the experienced Sean Masher Dodd. He's having a great fight here. Dodd's got his head now on Cordina's chest and is really going for it in this fight. This is a terrific learning fight for the Welshman who much is thought of in the boxing world. You're listening to Fight Night with me, Gareth Davis, Darren Barker, and the obstreperous Lord Hart of Harrow, Colin Hart. to Fight Night here on Talk Sport with me, Gareth A. Davis, Darren Barker, and especially in tonight, the one and only Colin Hart, Lord Hart of Harrow, West Ham, the Olympic Park. He's got so many lordships tonight. <laughs> it's unreal. But there's a reason you're in tonight, Colin, not just for your brilliant knowledge and the fact you're entertaining people on a thing called social media that I know you don't do because you haven't even got a mobile phone. Um, you are hearing our Hall of Fame induction just there. And tonight, inducted into the Hall of Fame, he's already in the International Boxing Hall of Fame. He's not wearing his ring from the International Boxing Hall of Fame tonight in Canastota. Eight years ago, was it awarded? 2013. 2013, five years ago. We are inducting you, <laughs> Colin Hart, 50 years in the sport, into our Fight Night Hall of Fame tonight. Um, and for the next few minutes, we're going to talk about your career because you joined the greats in our Hall of Fame. Tell us when it all began. Tell us when your first fight was in America. And tell us why you got into boxing because you were a crime correspondent to begin with, weren't well, you? Well, I was all sorts. I was a night news editor. I wanted to be a foreign correspondent. My ambition as a journalist was to cover wars. It didn't happen. I won't bore you. But you carried ring wars in the end, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so. I went to a different kind of war. Exactly. Look, I'm from East London. You grow up in East London, or you used to, talking about boxing. You used to hear my old man talk about Ted Kid Lewis. Also, I'm Jewish. So all those great Jewish fighters from the East End of London were heroes. Mm. Ted Kid Lewis, Jack Kidberg, Harry Misler. Those guys had hundreds of fights, didn't oh. they? I, mean, I, Ken, think, I think they Ted fought Kid each other Lewis 20 had, times, didn't they? They had 200, 200 more than yeah. 200 fights. And they fought in New York, they fought in London. They all fought, over the world. Yeah, yeah. And so it's in the blood, if you like. Mm. And, mm. Uh, and then when I joined a newspaper and went on to sport, it was a natural progression. Now I started to cover fights. And, f you know, I mean, I love boxing. I love fighters. More than I mean, they I agree are, with you. That's why I do it. I know, love people like Darren. I love. Know, I no. Listen, I, I love know the Darren, narrative. Look, you I, love the narrative of them, don't you? you I, I know them. Darren's sitting here, mm. ex world champion. Mm. But the reason, you know, I love fighters. I've never covered football, mm. but f footballers are eighteen-year-old children. Fighters are eighteen-year-old men. men, exactly, and that's yeah, what I love yeah, about it. Yeah. It's a lot. It's, <laughs> I, it's a it's a delight to have fun. But we we we're allowed in. The, the access is such a privilege, isn't it? Yeah, you know? and of course, you asked me 
first fight I covered in America wasn't a very good one. Ali Frazier won at Madison Square Garden. Wow. March the 8th, 1971. Mm. I mean, what a baptism that was. And, you know, 20,000 people in the garden that line. And one of the things I shall always remember, 10 minutes before they came into the ring, the whole arena stood up and cheered. Wow. And I couldn't understand what's going on. Joe Lewis walked into the arena to take up his ringside seat. Yeah, yeah. And the whole of, Yank- of Madison Square Garden stood up and applauded him all the way to his seat. Talk about hairs sticking up on the back of your neck. Well, that was a night where Frank Sinatra took photographs for Time magazine. You yeah. had you had Burt Lancaster doing commentary so they could be ringside. Right. I, I recall you telling me over lunch once, which we do three or four times which a I year. Which I paid for. No, oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> Only because you drink a lot of that Multipulciano d'Abruzzo, yeah. um, that, that red wine you enjoy. Um, and, and we do go to the finest eateries in yeah. London. Um, and I always record you, and a lot of it will play out because I think your memories from boxing are extraordinary. But one of the things I always recall from you telling me about from that event was all the theatres in the area, all the, the cinemas and theatres were all sold out because they were showing it. And they even sold seats behind the screens where they would have both looked like southpaws because it was in reverse because people, so many people wanted to see it. Yeah. I think people even died in the arena that night. Two, two people died of heart failure. But from the excitement. From presumably. the excitement. And just to add, at the end of the fight... Frazier won. Ali went into hospital. They thought he'd broken his jaw, which he didn't. But anyway, we went to Frazier's after-fight party at the Statler Hilton Hotel, and uh, they had a bit of a band going. Duke Ellington. Wow. So Colin Hart. Yeah, I know. I mean, so cool, isn't it? I mean, that is so cool. You've been to the the after party. It's it's unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. I mean, you know. Another thing that we've, you know, Peter Wilson, the doyen of British boxing writers at that time, and he was a great help to me. Of course, you were a youngster then, yeah, weren't you? Yeah, was green as grass. And <laughs> I must, Peter was an old Herovian and could be a little pompous. And we were handed our press credentials by John Codden, the press chief. He gave us our credential and a baseball cap to wear at ringside. And Wilson said, Good heavens, John, I'm not going to be seen dead wearing that. Well, he's absolutely right. Just a moment. Uh, Condon said, I would if I were you, Peter. And Wilson said, in heaven's name, why? He said, because when there's a riot, Peter, the cops will want to know which heads to hit and which heads not to hit. Yeah. So there we were, all with our baseball, baseball cap. I have to remember that one when they tell you to put your baseball cap on at ringside, <laughs> and then you know why. Um, gents, um... I, it's brilliant to to be here tonight to present the show and and put you into the Hall of Fame because uh, you, you're a great example to all of us. Because, um, you know, the, the appetite you have for the fight game is still extraordinary. Oh, excuse oh. me. I never call it the fight game. It's the fight business. It's then, not it? a game. Correct. It's a business. My dad, and, my dad used to say it to me when you were a kid. He'd say, oh, uh, you know, I would use the, the term play. So you don't you don't play, play boxing. boxing so. You yeah. don't. That's yeah. right. That's what I love about you. You're always correcting me and making me <laughs> a better person. 
person. Um, listen, gents, I want to go back to some of these debates, okay? We're in the 11th round now in Cardiff. Uh, Joe Cordina soaking up some punishment from Masha It's the 11th round of me and Colin as well. It is about the 11th debate. round. It is about, but it is about the 11th round. I'm and, just and, pleased and, I and, and you know distance. what? It's very close on the cards right now. So your performance, gents, over the next half an hour, I'm going to decide a winner tonight because I'm the judge tonight. Listen, we've got another fight here. Marvellous Marvin Hagler against Roy Jones Jr. Discuss, Mr. Hart. Discussed. No, we'll go to, we, yeah. we'll go to Darren. Uh, I go with um, Roy Jones Jr. there. I just think his speed, uh, you know, he was the, just because of the modern day, you know, the, the last great fight we've had, um, Mayweather, retired unbeaten. He he was the 90s Mayweather, if you like. He was unbeatable. Roy Jones Jr., he's, Again, his shot selection, his hand speed, the, the things he was able to do. And uh, I'm a massive fan of Marvin Hagler. Mm. You know, a really big, big fan. And he was a great champion, a great man. Um, if you've ever seen, or if you haven't seen, you know, try and the watch. I mean, so the... watch, watch the fights. Uh, watch Hagler's fight. But if you've ever seen any interviews with Hagler, I mean, I, I was absolutely starstruck when I was sat next to him at a boxing show, mm. a black tie mm. boxing show. I was starstruck. He knew exactly who I was because he keeps an eye on IBF, uh, the people who had his belt. So he was very, very, you know, he knew exactly who I was. He blah, blah, blah. I was starstruck. But I just think, um, going back to that fight, I just think Hagler, though it was a ferocious pace, he was one pace. And I just think Roy Jones could have just outfoxed him. Right. Uh, <laughs> Hagler, Leonard, Hearns and Duran had nine fights between each other. And I was lucky enough to see seven of them. The four kings, of course, yeah. Yeah, the four kings. So I was a, I loved Hagler. What a wonderful way. He was only five foot eight, you know. We still, went, I'm going to tell you, so I went to Morocco and, with him a few years ago yeah. on, on a trip. So, I'm going to tell you about it. You know, I'm not saying I was a fan because I'm not a fan mm -hmm. because I write about these guys. But I have to go along with Darren Having seen Roy Jones as well, he had more variety than Hagler. And as as you say, he was faster. And I think he would have won on points. I agree with you, both of you on this. And I think so. You're still evenly matched here going into the closing stages of the 11th round. Um, I agree. Um, but what I, I, what I love about Hagler was... Um, he was ferocious at one pace mm. for the entire fight. Well, I, think, I think he might have pushed... Roy Jones Jr. to the wire because I don't think Roy would have been able to knock him out. Um, but I do. Th I'd love to have seen their shadows, their, their silhouettes moving together. I went to Morocco with him many years ago on a project for girls playing sport in the countryside with Nawal El Muwatakal, who you'll know, who was the first Moroccan woman woman. So she was the sports minister at the time to win a gold medal in Los 1500. Angeles. First Muslim woman, yes, um, and. We played basketball. Daly Thompson, I was in a team with Daly Thompson, um, with Marvelous Marvin Hagler. It was another sports How did you get in that team? Goodness knows. I, listen, I just, I, rather like you're saying, I just stood back and watched. I was on the bench at one point with Marvin Hagler, and these girls, we were playing basketball against them. They were the big girls. They'd scratched his arms up. Uh, on the inside of his of his of his inner arms, from his hands to his elbows, and he turned to me and he went. God, no man ever did that to me, <laughs> you know. And he, but he sat there. He's, he's, he reminds me of Vivian Richards. I've met Vivian Richards before, and Vivian always looks like someone who'd been a great middleweight boxer. He's very, he's that, he's got that bearing, that presence. And even 
Marvin was probably in his mid-50s then, and you wouldn't want to met him down an alley, even in his 50s. He, he still had that physicality about him, but I, I loved the way he was. Oh. He refused to eat sheep, sheep's brain with me in the evening yeah. in Morocco. I wouldn't have, that disappointed me. I wouldn't have wanted to met Marvin Hagrid in the middle of Fifth Avenue. Um, you're listening to Fight Night and Talk Sport with the brilliant Lord Hart of Harrow in our induction into Hall of Fame tonight and the equally brilliant former world middleweight champion Darren Barker. Yes, we're still here. It's fight night here on Talk Sport. I'm Gareth O. Davis. I'm here with the brilliant former middleweight champion Darren Barker and the very difficult but equally brilliant Colin Hart of Lord Hart of Harrow. Gents, we've been having fancy debates tonight. Not fancy boxing debates, that is. Not fancy debates. Because <laughs> um, we're, we're getting to fancies when we go home at about midnight. Darren, you are going to say something? Yeah, I was just going to say, it is a real honour to be sat next to you, Colin. You know, a real boxing man and uh, really, really, uh, yeah, privileged to be sat next to you. And I have a story when uh, I won that uh, that world title. Um, I was, uh, I must have finished up about four o'clock in the morning. A couple of drinks, but nothing too major. I was shattered. I so don't you believe the, you, you, Darren You have the press conference and all that. And then by the time we had a couple of beers. And blah, Atlantic like, City, this yeah, is, Atlantic of course, City, so Daniel, da- uh, Daniel, Daniel Gill. Gill. Yeah. Um, um, when Darren wins the title, he's down in a round. He gets up at nine. And also, I want to tell... No, let's tell this story properly, so Darren. It's, it's, a, it's, not a, uh, it's not a very quick story, but... Um, no, no, I want to... I must I'll, have got to sleep about four o'clock, so I'm really looking forward to a lay-in the next day, you know, laying there with my belt. And uh, <laughs> actually, didn't have the belt, because Gil was... Were you naked with the belt over you then? And I would just... have been if I had that with me but I didn't uh, Gil then takes his belt would then the, you would get the new belt one. have been big enough oh well obviously not obviously not uh, but yeah so really looking forward to the land I get into bed about four o'clock in the morning and the hotel phone rings at about half seven in the morning and it's only the great Colin Hart if it was anyone else I would have hung up but yeah hello son congratulations <laughs> I, 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 but I need some quotes for the morning <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Listen, no, it was the, wonderful it was. to see him win that it fight. Was, it I was. mean, I stayed up all night to watch it, and I couldn't wait to to talk to him to uh, tell him no, how it, thrilled it, I well, was d- to see him yeah, do it yeah, away from home. Yeah. Well, Darren knows how endeared I feel towards him as well. I mean, he's someone I've always really treasured in the sport. Thank I mean, I always mate. say about Darren how when he won the world title. There was a real outpouring in British boxing for him. There was a real feeling of, oh, we're so pleased for Darren Barker to have done this. And, and you know, and I agree with you, Darren, as well about Colin, because over the years, Colin's been like a father figure to me. He'll, he, he admonishes me when I backed, <laughs> when, I, when I made the huge mistake of getting drawn into backing Ricky Hatton to beat uh, Floyd Mayweather all those years ago. I was just drawn by the whole romance it's of the just, thing. In the it is with me. He with, told me off. He gave me great. a proper telling off. You know, with you me. Knew. He with, said with, you knew. With, shouldn't have with you, Colin, you know, growing up, for me, like you did, you know, in, in East London, for me, growing up uh, in a boxing family, boxing was everything to me. Yeah. Everything to me. You know, like, like, I don't know if there's many people out there that... That actually boxed that loved boxing as much as me it was, it was my everything I would shadow box visualise mm. winning a world title and when you speak to to Colin and yourself Gareth and you, you can feel that passion I buzz off of it honestly I really do buzz off it because there's someone that shares the same passion for this great sport as I do yeah 
All right, it's the final round between you two. Well, um, he's, he's my enemy again now. Right, here we go. Well, just to, just to report from Cardiff, uh, Joe Cordina has beaten Sean Mashadod in a great learning fight. They're sitting together ringside. Mashadod looks happy. He's earned his coin and he's earned the respect of Joe Cordina. Good learning fight for him. I haven't got the exact scores, but I know that Cordina's won on points. Gents, it's neck and neck going into the 12th round between you two tonight. <laughs> and the final call, um, a quick one, I don't have the number of the chap who's texted in, but um, our fantasy matchups: Henry Armstrong versus Roberto Duran. This is a great one at lightweight. It's Big Steve from Belfast. Well, you know, all these fights we've talked about, I would have paid to see. And by the end of this night, I'm bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> but... I mean, to me, Duran, I saw Duran when he was 19 years of age on the undercard of Ken Buchanan and Ismail Laguna mm. in 1972. And I was told, do not miss the semi-final. And it was this kid, Duran from Panama, against Benny Huertes. And I shall never forget it. He destroyed this very good fighter in less than two minutes. Obviously, I never saw Armstrong. I'm old, but not that old. But one of the greatest fighters who ever lived. Some people say the greatest. The only man who held three world titles at different weights all at the same time will never be, it'll never happen again. Was that Puerto Rico that night or not? Was that the Puerto Rico fight against Laguna? That was in, uh, no, that was Madison Square Garden. Okay. He beat him to win the title in Puerto Rico and then, and then the free turn was, was the to the card. Mm. <clears throat> now, you know, I get very annoyed when people insist on this something or no, you mustn't lose, which is rubbish. And I'm afraid it's because of television. You've got to have an unbeaten record. Mm, yeah. Just want like to point out that Henry Armstrong, in his first professional fight, was knocked out in three rounds. The rest, as I say, is history. Duran. Yeah, we, we, does that mean it's a draw? I know. And listen, keep fighting. That is, I'm, yeah, I'm going to read I, I out agree. the scores when the, if not <laughs> the, the best ever, yeah. uh, one of the greatest. Uh, you know, lightweight without that. You know, just the the pure uh, ferociousness. That that that. I mean, the the nickname alone, Hands of Stone, was fantastic. Yeah. You know, <laughs> no. great. You know that story. Was it a horse knocking out a horse or something? I mean, I'm not against animal cruelty or anything, but still, it just shows you the. Yeah, well, because this is because this is because this <laughs> this is a fantasy competition, and I've got you both on a split draw at the moment. Well, we're going to do one more, uh, and this we're going to extra time here, and it's Hatton versus Lamotta. Colin, discuss for one thing. Great fight, by the way. For one <laughs> yeah, thing, exactly. <laughs> Hatton was not a middleweight. No, but they, no, but we're we're looking at them it's in the really same way. Fantasy, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Lamotta, I'm afraid because he was so tough, so durable. I mean, if if Sugar Ray Robinson couldn't put him on the deck, Ricky Hatton wouldn't have put him on the deck either. <clears throat> so I'm afraid, as good a fighter as Ricky was, to me, Lamotta wins and probably stops him in the later rounds. Twelve rounds Hatton, fifteen rounds Lamotta. 
in my opinion. God, oh. how do I separate you two tonight <laughs> then? Um, well, oh God, there are draws in boxing. Yeah, no, exactly. it's, 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 a, it's a split draw between you two tonight. It really is a split draw. Uh, as, it's, Absolutely as, as, it's, as it's Collins' evening, let's yeah. give it to Colin. Oh, no. I yeah, I'll tell, tell you what, we're going we're gonna to have a controversial, because he's at home, yeah, we have a controversial win. Well, I'll, I'll shake your hand, Sp- Split point decision. Tyson, Tyson's but, a great decision. Before we talk mixed martial arts and Go, Conor McGregor. Do we split the purse? <laughs> Just do it. Before we talk mixed martial arts and Conor McGregor at half past the hour, um, I just want to talk in the last 20 minutes um, while you gents are in, in the studio with me, Darren Barker, the former world middleweight champion, Colin Hart, doyen of boxing writers in this country. Um, let's just talk about Billy Joe Saunders and how he fares against Demetrius Andrade in, in the United States. I think it's Chicago, if I remember rightly, October the 6th. Um, oh, it's either October the 6th or October the 20th. Um, it's a very tough fight. He's defending the WBO title. Andrade is a very awkward opponent for me yeah. and one that won't suit Billy, in my view. Well, you've got to hand it to Billy. What he did in Canada was a remarkable performance. He went into Lemieux's backyard, boxed his ears off, and he'll have to do the same again. Yeah. If he's going to be Andrade, he's going to be at peak performance. And if it's if he's at ninety eight percent, he'll come unstuck. He's got to be at hundred yeah. percent. If he's at hundred percent and boxes light against Lemieux, he will win a decision. Agreed. Uh, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say something. I I think if we were to have a frame a time frame of say two years, which is probably should we say what four or five fights. Five the most, but we'll say four fights. I, I don't think Billy loses. I think you know a boxers have a shelf life. It gets to a point where enough's enough, and your body gives up, or your, your your desire fades, or whatever. But I think if Billy's desire and body holds up for the next two years, I don't think he loses. I've sparred with Billy, and he's one of the best technically sound boxers I've shared the. Oh, ring oh with. Darren, we saw that. We uh, please carry on. He, he just uh, a tremendous talent. Okay. And I think the better caliber of opponent, the better Billy Joe. This is what I was coming to. I agree. I know. I agree with you completely. I think uh, uh, Dimitri Andrade uh, will get the best I, out I, of him. Honestly, yeah, yeah. okay. And I, it, people will probably be screaming and shouting and trying to bring up the studio, let alone tweet. But I think he has a real chance against the winner of Canelo Golovkin. Okay. Because of how slick and how awkward he did. He he he, he has this way of finding a way to win. No, I don't disagree with you. In what we saw against David Lemieux uh, in Canada was extraordinary. I mean, it was it was balletic beauty in boxing. It was just extraordinary. And you know, you've sparred with him, and you know how awkward he is, and how clever he is, and how natural he is. But what worries me is that that, that there's long periods of inactivity in his career at the moment. I'd love to see him more active. Um, I do think we're going to see a very fine performance Look, I, my, my, in America. The, the reason I'm saying this is because I'm a boxing man and I've been in the ring with some great fighters, um, not just um, on, on, fight, in, in actual fights, sparring. You know, I, I went to Copenhagen, sparred with Keza, Cole Frutch, and I've sparred with some great uh, champions. And I just think Billy Joe's one of the most slick... Uh, fighters I've been in there with just very very technical sound. I just think he'll find a way but that's a two year time frame for me yeah and I think he's got a new lease of life since he joined up with Dominic Ingle 
Well, he's I, fitter, isn't he? He exactly. looks right. I mean, he's trapped in, in an attic. Ingle, he's stuck in an attic. I say, Ingle's got him focused has. in being a fighter yeah. and not a playboy. Well, the great thing about Dominic is he's the headmaster. Whoever you are, he's the headmaster well, exactly. with you. He's the he? boss. Proper trainer. Yeah. You're listening to Fight Night on Talksport with me, Darren Barker, and the Lord Heart of Harrow. If you weren't my mentor, Lord Heart of Harrow, I would be screaming at you right now, chatting away to Darren. I mean, you two are still duking it out, even though it was a you, you got the, the points decision win earlier in our fantasy picks tonight. Who wins what, when, and how through time. Gents, we're going to talk super middleweights now. As I said earlier, and as we discussed, six British heavyweights in the top ten in the world, we feel at the moment. But there are five British super middleweights, 12 stoners in the top of the world. I'll just list them. Groves, the number one. George Groves, that is. The WBA uh, belt holder. Uh, sorry, WBA super belt holder. Number three in the world, James DeGale. Was the champion. I think he's decided not to face Uzkategi and defend his title. Not a Brit. Callum Smith <coughs> facing George Groves in Jeddah in the final of the World Boxing Super Series on September the 28th. TalkSport will be covering that. Chris Eubank Jr. at number eight in the division. And number 10, Rocky Fielding, the WBA regular champion, won it in Germany recently. You know, you fought around this weight, Darren. You know, I don't know if you ever had a super middleweight fight. You never did, no? No. No, I didn't, never thought about it? I just... Uh, the reason I never thought about it was one because you you know you, you establish yourself in in a in a in a category weight category and you know I was you'd have had to there, fight Joe Calzaghi. Well, <laughs> no thanks. He would have uh, twid with me and stopped me in about three rounds. Um, but no, no, never. Uh, and one of the reasons was because I'd done a hundred hundreds of rounds of sparring with um, Cole Froch, mm. and I went to Copenhagen spar with Mikhail Kesler, and I just wasn't big and big enough yeah, or strong yeah, enough, and I just yeah. didn't punch hard Twelve enough. Stoners, and, yeah, you know. It was a real effort to get down to 11-6. But, you know, that era, uh, sorry, this division now is, is great. I, I think it's really good. And it's, you know, similar to the heavyweight division where we, we are dominating. But we're not getting... They, they don't get the resonance, of course, that the heavyweights get. But if Groves and Callum Smith, I know you want to, you're desperate to talk about Jeddah and that final taking place in Jeddah on September the 28th between George Groves and Callum Smith. I want to get your picks on that tonight as well, gents. You've got some feelings about the fight being... Obviously, none of us want it to be there, but it's the way it is, Colin. We can't do anything about it. Exactly, but I feel for the fans. I've been seeing the social media. They're absolutely doing their nut over this fight, which should be in this country. I think it's shameful that it's 3,000 miles away in Jeddah. Now, Jeddah is, as you know, Saudi Arabia. There are all kinds of restrictions... Las Vegas, it ain't. The boys know that if they go, they can't get a drink before, during or after the fight. They know if they take their wives and girlfriends, they're not allowed to sit with them. What's the thing they've got to wear? The, the ladies, abaya, that is? A black abaya, mm. which is a, a dress from head to foot. Mm, mm. They're segregated. Mm. They're not allowed to sit with the men. It's in the wrong place. Now, 
obviously the two fighters will get the same amount of money if a fight was on the moon. But it's not fair. Well, it's down to the backers, isn't it? They were promised one of the finals yeah, in I mean, the, fans, the financial backers. Rather. The fans are absolutely going mad. Mm. They don't want to go to Saudi Arabia to see this fight. Well, as you know, I mean, we've talked about this in the past. When when um, Chris Eubank Sr. fought in Cairo, I think it was, yeah. they couldn't get a crowd out there. Well, knows you know what, Cairo, you but know they, what they had to in, do? They shipped in the cadets, didn't they? They had army, army cadets, cadets and sea cadets venue. Yeah, really. to try and yeah. make a noise. Yeah. And yeah. I looked round at these kids. They were bored to tears, never seen a fight in their lives. Mm. There must be watching their favourite belly dancers and watching Chris Eubank. All right, let's talk about the fight itself then, yeah. Darren. Um, uh, a lot of people in this building have picked Callum Smith in the very start. We did a big show about it when it began yeah. with Glenn McCrory on John Rawling mm. and Adam Catterall, my co-host on here, um, you know, as part of our team. They're the commentary team for our big fights. A lot of us, I don't agree necessarily, feel that Callum Smith has what it takes to, to take that WBA belt and win the tournament. I think more so since George dislocated his well, shoulder. Well, you just took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. I mean, before before the injury... I was leaning. So, I mean, I was literally fifty-one percent mm. Groves. I just mm. thought experience at that top level, uh, fights of, of that magnitude. He's been there. He's sort of done it. And uh, uh, momentum, though Callum Smith is has looked sort of unstoppable. I just think momentum at this stage in the career for George Groves would have been pivotal. But with that injury, I'm strongly in favour of Callum Smith now. I think uh, uh, a dislocated shoulder. This it does start to give up slightly, and uh, to dislocate your 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 shoulder at this stage in his career, uh, I make Callum Smith a strong favour now. Paul Smith, the eldest of the four Smith brothers, told me years ago. He said the best one of us is our kid brother. He hadn't turned pro then, had he? Yeah. He was an amateur, yeah. mm -hmm. so. I watched him from the word go. And I said, after about three or four fights, I think this kid has got world champion written all over him. Mm. And of course, that was long before he was going to fight George Rose. I, mean, I agree with Darren mm, 100%. Mm. I don't care how good his surgery has been, it's going to be in his mind. Yeah. Yeah. And if Callum Smith's got any chance, any sense... He would whack him on the shoulder of course. at the first opportunity. Now, that may sound cruel and sadistic, but this is a business. And that's what, if I was fighting Groves, the first thing I would do was... Remember Mark Potter, Danny Williams, remember that fight? Well, he yeah. won that fight he with his shoulder He won the fight, out. but you well, think, yeah. why wasn't Mark Potter hitting the shoulder? Well, and, and uh, you mentioned Danny Williams, knocked out by a lightweight last week, oh, by the way. Please. Still fighting. I no, hope he, he doesn't please. fight it again. Wasn't, that wasn't a fight under any rules. No, it wasn't, no. no. Um, gents, um, I kind of tend to agree with you that... George Groves is uh, what, what? First of all, Callum Smith, six foot three. How he squeezes that massive frame into, into 12, twelve stone, stone. is beyond us. After this fight, I'm sure he's going to move up to light heavyweight because no. he's twenty six, twenty seven now. Yeah. I mean, it's extraordinary. I thought we found out some interesting things about him in Nuremberg when he fought the kickboxer Nicky Holtzkin in the semi. I was there doing commentary for for Talk Sport, and I. You know, I I don't know if the power is there at the very elite level. We don't <clears throat> we don't know yet. 
I think I think it's a great great fight. It's a pity it's not in in Liverpool, Manchester, or London. That's right. But if Callum Smith wins, just to take us to our top ten debate, it'd be brilliant if he fought the regular champion Rocky Fielding in Liverpool at some point. I know they'll have bigger plans for him. Well, but he's it's already a great not chilled in out. Yeah but, yeah, but it could be a rematch, couldn't it? And you could unify those blooming yeah. WBA belts. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. The thing about Callum is his size. Is an extraordinarily big man for a super middleweight. Um, but looking down the list, you see you've got young Chris Eubank there. He should not be there. Yeah. Well, well, so well hang on. He, well, he's, he's. I don't agree most, with you. One of the most overrated uh, fighters. Listen, in my, he in did my enough opinion. damage to George not... Groves in that fight to dislocate his shoulder. He gave him terrors in that. I know George won the fight comfortably in Manchester. It was a great night. I've got a great deal of respect for is the Eubanks tenacity. I've, I've never, I've, and, yeah, I've, I'm not taking that away. I, I think he's a, it, the, the condition he gets himself into is fa- fantastic. Yeah. But a top class fighter that, uh, okay, hold on. I've never, ever, ever seen a top-class fighter not throw a jab. Okay, the jab is the most important shot in the boxing. I've never seen Chris Eubanks Jr. throw a single jab. Well, I think that's just, a massive statement. I've never yeah. seen him. We go through his fight. Statement. I've never seen him throw a jab. Yeah, he shouldn't be there because he's not the super middleweight. All right, would right here, here you go. I'm going to throw it at you again here, Darren. But are you going to watch Chris Eubank Jr. against James DeGale? I watch all fights. I'm a massive. No, but wait, fan. are you interested in watching that fight? Yeah, I would be. Of course, of course I would. Course. Yeah, because well, we're probably going to get it as well, yeah, aren't we? Yeah, there'll there'll be there'll be there'll be needle. You know, I'm not necessarily a massive fan of bad blood. You know, but if it's genuine, which I I think it's quite well documented, they don't like each other. It does make the build up to a fight exciting. All right, it? all right. He hasn't got a jab, as you say. You're, you've been documenting him, watching. You know, you're boxing. But does Chris Eubank Jr. give James DeGale terrors right now? I'm in just his worried career? about. I think he's had such a great career, um, James DeGale. That I don't know where his, uh, how much desire he has left. I mean, what a fantastic career! Olympic gold medal, world champion. Um, you know, he's earned bundles of money. I just, um, yeah, I, I just, I think fighting someone like Chris Eubanks Jr. could be the wrong fight, just because he. Do- I'll give it to Chris Eubanks Jr. He don't stop throwing punches, and I think someone like James Agar, a young James Agar, schools Chris Eubanks Jr. Schools well, he- him, but now we've seen. Uh, tendencies of Chris Eubanks Jr. to, uh, sorry, James Agar to lay on the ropes, sit on the ropes and just almost content to take a few shots where well, he wouldn't do that in the past. Well, he lost that fight to 55th ranked uh, super middleweight in the world, Caleb Truex here in London. I went to the rematch of the Hard Rock Casino earlier in the year and I do think James is probably going to have one more fight. It's a money <laughs> fight for him. It probably is Eubank. Listen, I've loved Cat covering James's career he's a very misunderstood boxer by the way I think and a, and a character and I really like him and, and the way he, he is very good he should have retired when he won back the title he'd achieved everything the, the earlier this year yeah, yeah, yeah. he's 30 odd years of age he's had a hard career oh, I'd agree with that he's comment, had yeah. some hard fights for heaven's sake James don't do it um, so a few messages before we just final finalise our, our boxing chat tonight. Before we talk, Conor McGregor, Nick Peets joining me, the the uh, the fight correspondent um, for Fight Disciples. Nick Peets joining me to discuss mixed martial arts and Conor McGregor's comeback. Gents, um, lovely message here, amazing show, gents. Love and respect to Lord Hart. There has been a lot of love for Lord Hart tonight, and rightly so. Um, final thing. 
question for both of you. In two years' time, who are the three big names we're going to be talking about from British... We're in a golden age how era. long? In two years' time, 2020. Yep. We, 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 we all three have agreed tonight that we're in a golden age for British boxing right now. But who are the three names we're going to be talking about in two years' time? Anti Joshua, Tyson Fury, Daniel Dubois. Can I add another name? Lewis Ritson, maybe? The Lewis, lightweight Lewis, Lewis Ritson? Can I add, uh, I struggle to finish, uh, pick the third one. I have to agree with yours too there because they're just such big names. They're going to be there in two years' time, definitely. Josh uh, Taylor. Josh Taylor's one, definitely. Um, Josh Kelly is a fighter mm. uh, uh, that's... You're going to have to keep an eye on him. Um, there, there's so many. And, um, I mean, what about Anthony Yard and, and, Anthony, uh, and, and Joshua Boatsy? Boatsy. 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 I think like Boatsy beats yeah. Yard quite comfortably, if wow. I'm honest. We've um, got to see more yet, though, haven't we? We've still yeah, got to I see more from Boatsy, him. Yeah, yeah, he beats Yard. But yeah, I mean, picking that third space, uh, spot for, for, for a big name in two years is, is interesting. It really is. I, 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 Out of those, all those names we mentioned there, I think Dubois, I think Joshua... And I think Fury as well. The, the smaller guys are going to be around. Gents, you, you've been an absolute marvel tonight. There have been so many comments delighting in your your brilliant expert knowledge and passion for the sport. Lord Hart of Harrow, Colin Hart, 50 years in the sport. Thank you so much for joining it's me tonight. A, it's a pleasure to talk boxing with you guys. It's a, just a pleasure to talk boxing. Nice one. And you, Darren Barker. Cheers, Gareth. Cheers, King of Colin. the ring. <laughs> Needed a shave, didn't come in. Flip-flops, looking like you've been on a beach. It's always a pleasure I, to see you, I, my I, friend. I surfer, don't I? You do. You handsome W. Oh, thank you. Darren Barker, Colin Hart, my guest tonight on the boxing two and a half hours we've had. It's MMA next. Gents, thank you very much. Listen to Cheers. Fight Night on TalkSport. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.